Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and am joined, as always, by a one... Trace Finicaro. And... Insert random snake pun meme here. That is a one Gunner Kennedy. Gentlemen, let us dive right in. Uh, so apparently this week there are some uh, Princess Peach and Bowser memes going around, and I actually don't know much about it, but Gunner does, and he's going to tell us about it. So, so Gunner, tell I, me what's going on. So uh, with the advent of the Switch, they brought out their new... You know, so every Nintendo plat, every new Nintendo platform, they kind of have their promo Super Mario game to kind of sh- strut their stuff, as it were. And they're always fun. They're always fun. So, uh, with uh, except for Sunshine, fuck with, that as one. As the appropriate title, uh, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which is kind of funny that they actually they, they've gone so long they actually have to include the word new now because they've used every fucking permutation of it. Uh, they did because you know again you had new mechanics, so they have a power up in it it's like basically princess peach's crown and they've shown the demo uh because you know it's all super mario brother characters but that when toad puts the crown on he turns into a doppelganger of princess peach and because the internet is full of thirsty and fucking deep wait wait who who turns into peach so toad the mushroom dude. The fucking mushroom turns into yeah. So he gets all of Peach's ability. You know, basically, if you if you have the po- if you have that power up, you get it's kind of like how the Tanuki suit. You said doppelganger. Does he look like Peach when yes. he gets these powers? So he basically he sw- he switches into like that color scheme. But yes, he's so he's, he's totally Peach. transgender then in the game. Yes. Oh. Well, actually, toads toads actually have no gender. Right. They, they, toads they, just they, they the mushroom. Like that's well, no, they self-identify. <clears throat> Oh, they self-identify as yes. male or female? I yes. didn't know they per, designated... Per, 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 per Nintendo canon, which is actually just made up shit that they haven't argued with yet. But, because the internet is full of thirsty and fucking bored people, uh, the Bowser version of this has kind of become like the new fucking... Like, there, are more, there, is more, there is more pop over doing Bowser as Princess Peach now than, than anything in the game itself. So Toadstool turns into... Princess Peach. With Is it these like powers. a version of Princess Peach? Just like Bowser Toad, doesn't, but like though, with right? feminine no, qualities? No, no, no. So actually, so here, here. Well, but they're but they're they're pretending that he does. Well, yes, they're they're do. It's basically. Is it Toad with tits? Yes. <laughs> well, that and again, as I, as, I, as I bring up, well, if it's Bowser, then I can I, imagine. As I bring up, know your meme. Okay, man, this is already published. Visual. visual. What I don't even understand what I'm looking at. These are just looks like anime girls. Oh, because it's supposed to be Peach. Oh man, that's weird. <laughs> it's like these sexual <laughs> versions of Peach. And it's yes. Yeah, so this is there is there is there is now there's the reference to Toad. In oh, those because she's it's like so she's like the bow. That's like with her as Bowser. No, that's Bowser. She, that's Bowser wearing that oh, power up. And I expe- like, you know, I, see, the this whole, is what I expected. because he's got the horns. I expected Bowser to transform into like one of those. Really heavy set women, and I'm a heavy set guy myself, so there's nothing to this. But like, because they're like really big, they think they have big boobs too. But really, they're not. Yes. They're just like, but kind you know, of big because they're big. Again, because okay, it's, it's so. just it's been it's been watching this meme propagate. Because then there's the one where the dude like with the his current girlfriend, and then checking the checking out the lady going, you know, like. I, Oh, the one where the guy is like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yes. yeah. This is really weird. So it's- he shows me a comic strip. <laughs> 
And Wade, you might have to help translate this. But he shows me a, a comic strip, and it's got. It looks like the real Princess Peach, or is that the Toadstool Princess Peach? That's the real that's Princess real, that's Peach. Real Princess that's the real Princess Peach. And she's kind of saying like no to, to Mario. He's trying to give her a flower. He's trying to get married to her. It looks like. Yeah, and then like, for some reason, he goes over and he starts like rubbing Bowser on the back. It's, he's, he's and weeping. then all of a sudden, the Bowser version of Princess Peach, which is just like Princess Peach with like, uh, um, like the studded. Necklace and the study. It's and like when Olivia Newton John's character went like bad yes. girl in Greece. God, that's the gayest thing I've said. No, Bowser's like pretty much oh, like Mar- Mario in in the this Princess Peach version of Bowser. Bowser just hanging out, and Luigi's now playing. I believe playing tennis with Princess. Well, so he seems like he's getting in on that. Well, actually, maybe you, that's why she left him because she wanted Luigi. If, if, Luigi. if you want to get in, if you want to get into like weird uh, game theory canon. Uh, Mario ends up with Daisy, and uh, Luigi ends up with Peach. Really? So the internet is perfectly fine with this new version of Peach, where she just has Bowser's horns. That's really it's well, Bowser's no, horns in a dark this dress, is, this right? Is, this is this is the. It's just funny watching this fucking meme descend, like it emerged wholesale, and now there are more pop pieces for that than there are for the game. Well, in, here's like my general. question: like, what happens now with? Well, it's not even a character. It's not even a thing in the game. It's literally just people fucking going off on this. It's a function of the game, right? Well, no, no. So Bowser's not a playable character. This is this is a completely theoretical. Right. It's but, just funny that like my this question is now become... is like where are, like the conservative mouthpieces like return to Peach, return to the frogs, gay like the Alex mm-hmm. Jones insanity where like he... this is going to be morally detrimental to children who play this game and, and Nintendo boycotting like it's really silly and stupid. I think, like, I think it's, I mean, who cares, right? Like, so he turns into, we we assume that Toad is identified as male. And he puts I've always assumed that, that Toad was male, yeah. Um, I just assumed he's a mushroom. He didn't have fucking genitals, but apparently he does. Apparently each, okay, each so, mushroom. Okay, so, so, I, I, the, 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 uh. So technically, they, 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 they went around this. So Toad is actually being replaced in the game by a character called Toadette. Oh. Oh, wait. So Toadette puts the crown on? Yeah, so there's the... Well, can Mario put the crown on? Can I see Toadette? There's Toadette. Oh, Toadette is totally like a cliche pink version of Toad. Okay. But, so, so they're not really crossing gender barriers. Then it's a female. Well, the the again, I guess at this least whole, it's a toad that identifies as it's female. It's like, well, you know, it's it's just funny because like there's this, there's always been kind of this tone deafness slash obtuseness on game makers game makers part. It's like fucking poison and street like uh, Streets of Rage slash Street Fighter. Poison. So poison is oh, the pink, yeah, the, yeah. Pink, the pink haired lady the with bad the bad guy the, slash girl. Yes. So yeah. she's she's um what's the fuck's his name the the Hugo is it Hugo the the giant dude. Yeah. She's his In manager. Streets of Rage. Yes. I think it's Hugo. It, not super important, I guess, but. Well, yeah, the 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 the, the giant dude who breaks the fucking game because he's actually bigger than the fucking screen hitbox, but yeah. So poison. Poison, depending on which version of the game you're talking about, uh, the, they they changed they changed it because like they used to be like fucking bra- flagrant, um, 
like they used to refer to her as a shemale and stuff like that and it was just like you know this is a normal this was like a, a normal and then it's like it totally you know like capcom just totally erases this fucking text in the background it's like no we it's it's like it's like those arguments they used to say like when they did german history and it's like we we visited poland from 1940 to 1944 we had tea and cake it was very nice but yeah cuz like there this is again it, it it's it's funny because they'll stick they'll stick they'll, they'll stick their they'll, oh, what the frick I'm trying to hug it they'll stick themselves in the middle of these things and then totally like not so my so like acknowledge that. So my question is, then there's no, there is like zero gender bending in the game. Then is that correct? Uh, well, it's so far. Right. So it's not as controversial as I thought it was going to be. But uh, it's not. But that's a fun. That's a fun transition. Like to like. Well, if if Toad can do it, any of the characters can. Right. Let's just see what Bowser would look like, and it's just Princess Peach with with a black dress, studded necklace, and horns. Like it's still exactly her. But now she's like the bad girl, like right. she's the like she's the motorcycle riding one. She's the one that that hangs with the bad dudes, and Mario seems more interested in her or him. That's Whatever. kind of weird on its own, right? Is there some well, weird? It's like a Mario version of the crying tension game. between Bowser and Mario as they're constantly fighting. They're really well, you know. You know, I mean, like again, there, there's that whole thing where like Princess Peach kind of snubs both of them perpetually. But it's also it's it's also funny because like I wonder how much of that is effectively because of you know it's 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 the it's the loop it's the loop of there what the are, hell are you showing us so this is uh, that's a cosplay that's a cosplay so that's like a female cosplayer dressed as Bowser her her interpretation of like a female Bowser Bowser 1.0 from Ivy Doom Kitty but she's just supposed to be a female version of Bowser like this was before the meme right well, yes but you know like you, you pick you pick like it's um, that's a great costume by the way i don't know if it's like an asian thing but like you have a lot of well i mean it goes back to the um uh gunner help me out japanese uh male man dresses women what were they called well geisha no but it's it's there's a the geishas, um, geishas. Some of them were males, weren't they? Well, the, I don't know. The, well because the, again, it, this this is this gets into the whole. I mean, like there there are specific cosplay forms that are kind of around that, but it's also, you know, like they used to have theater. There are there are male and female only theater troops. Like um, they they're equivalent of Disney. You know, like a, they're a cultural equivalent of Disney World, where basically they have these fucking cities that they've built that are just fucking performance theaters for these. Yeah, so the Ivy Doom Kitty is like a full-figured woman. She has like kind of like like the Bowser scales on her feet. She has a little crown. She has, of course, the horns. But it's actually a really nice outfit. Like it, that is a very flattering outfit that she's wearing. But she manages to bring the whole Bowser theme into it. Um, does it, do you think that that influenced? Well, this no, it, it, this it's, weird Bowser transgender transformation. It's 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 kind of. Well, you know, because I mean, like the the art the artsy fartsy crowd, you know, again, like the, the we have we have this we have this perfect feedback engine, which is like the fucking four chan meme, Twitterverse, which everything is fucking you know like everything is kind of super connected and super super fast and cycling things through, and it, it like if something bites, everybody kind of just hits a critical mess like that, because um I'm trying to think um. 
BioWare did a game called Jade Empire and Dollars for Donuts. If you look at the fucking part, the main character of the game, you know, besides the fact that it's Asian, like you put the overlay on it, it like, you know, because even she she made that comment, too. And like a bunch of the artists were fans, but like the, the main character of the game is like almost a verbatim copy of a, a American cosplayer by the name of Yaya Han. Mm hmm. And you look at the fucking face, and it's like literally like the fucking the fucking portrait on the front of the page or on the front of the box cover is like a is fu- copy is like, to cosplay is a copy of one of her like just you know, well because and it's just it's not a trace because you know like they there are Marvel comic artists that have been kind of gotten fucking infamous for doing that because they crank stuff out in the fucking What's, trace over copies of uh, Sports Illustrated covers or fucking pornos or stuff like that. What but, do they do? Like uh, they trace over like. Let's say there was uh, the body issue in ESPN. Mm-hmm. That's what they would trace over, to, and then just put like a superhero really? costume on the chick. Yes, really? yeah. Like you know, and that's 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 a that's a separate discussion. Is that taboo? Well, well, I mean, it, you're it, taking it, you're plagiarizing someone else's work essentially and calling it your own. Well, the the, the shape of the body, yes, um, well, that's correct. But it, the Whatever they're wearing, though, ends up being original, right? It's yeah. I mean, what the they're really doing original, is, but it's it's kind of I guess it's kind for of, an artist. I would I would assume that like one of the things, especially specifically a comic book artist, you should pride yourself on being able to draw, being able to the draw human it, anatomy, right? And if you can't, then you probably shouldn't be drawing it's comics. Like, yeah, it's like drawing like a like a tree that has a face, and it's like has a personality, and it's talking in the in the jungle, and instead of just being able to draw a tree. You just go in your backyard and you draw the exact tree in your backyard and then just put a face on it. Yeah, it's not as creatively original. Um, I didn't know that they were doing that. So there's and who does this? It's the comic book. Uh, there's a there's a there's a well actually the 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 preeminent person tagged with this is a, a guy by the name of uh, Greg Lond. Is that the guy that can't draw hands and feet too? No, that's okay. uh, that's Rob Liefeld. Although he's actually gotten much better as time well, has gone good, on. That's good because he used to suck in the '90s, like really, really bad, in the early 2000s. We've but, already talked about that guy, though. I know we don't have to revisit. Well, him. actually, no, really, it, it's it's Ken's. He is Ken's greatest inspiration and greatest downfall because that was that's the kind of art style he got into. You know that was that was that was his big thing, and that was part of the you know like Rob Liefeld kind of came became synonymous with a lot of the bad things that came out of the '90s and early 2000s in comics. And but Rob Liefeld got a lot of work because he was a good worker. You're talking about the guy that traced the Sports Illustrated model. No, so that's Greg Lund, and Greg Lund has okay. So you have Rob Liefeld, who's the guy who can't draw who can't draw feet. <laughs> uh huh. Or has hands. the weirdest, yes, uh, or proportions, or proportions, <laughs> or or somehow like bit made a physically impossible Captain America as the cover piece. Oh, God, so stupid. But um, Greg Lund is also like a prolific artist over at Marvel. But really, his big thing is that the way that he gets. So he's his, a Marvel artist. Well, he did, but yes, but he also he also is kind of. His big thing was is that he did a lot of cover work. He did a lot of work, you know, like center page pieces because he could crank art he could crank art out yeah but the reason he could crank art out was because he was fucking tra- he was tracing over the fucking top of that's so crazy a photo library well you know but i mean like it, it's 
part of it is just it's it's so who, easy who to fucking do stuff as digital. Did, did like Sports Illustrated call him out on it? Who spotted it? Take a look at that. Take a look at that fucking picture and tell me that isn't a fucking porn. Like look look at all those faces. Oh, you think that he actually took like no like no they're, 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 scenes they're, from pornos? There are literally like if if, if it's very difficult to do this in a fucking audio setting, but there are literally one for one. Here's the fucking photo that he took. Here's the fucking photo that he traced over. Here's yeah, but the this doesn't. Name. But yeah, but you're not showing that in this well, picture. But well, the we don't. Picture is just all of Greg Land's work. But yeah, that's an interesting concept of of you know just flipping open a magazine and tracing over the picture and then turning it into you know a comic book character well that it's like if you take someone's face shouldn't they be getting some of the compensation i like, think yeah i think the face is something that you would have to you'd have to give them some compensation for the face I, the body i mean well you know and but the, the other problem is is that effectively he you know some of the the greatest illustrators that we have are fucking like you know like the the classic ones did the same fucking thing i guess we all like y'all like no one can truly come up with like an original face right like everything is drawn from everything's kind of drawn from your own personal experiences but like there you can kind of you can kind of figure out when something's been ripped off i think yeah so gunner's showing me this picture now of this guy and it's it's pretty close um it's a girl it's a really it's a it's a pretty brunette um, she looks like she's probably in her mid thirties or early forties, and she's sitting in a wheelchair, leaning forward. And the comic that he draws is is really the same woman. Her part is moved a little bit closer to the right side of her body. The hair is almost the same length; it's a little wavier. Her hands crossing over each other are the same. The wheelchair is is in both pictures, and it really, her face is almost that's almost her face. Yeah. That's almost her face. Yeah. Like he, yeah, I can see, I can see why he'd get shit for that. And that's a weird photo. Like, if you're gonna steal from a photo, why would you steal from a photo of a girl that's in a wheelchair when the when the comic book character is going to be in a wheelchair? It's so easy to spot because how many fucking famous photo shoots were done on a wheelchair? Yeah, it, you're gonna be called it's, out immediately. And it's something like that, though, that I think it's pretty blatant. Like you rip yeah. the shit off, right? Yeah, like, that's weird, but. Well, so we got the Bowser. We got the Bowser meme where Bowser turns into a beautiful Princess Peach with horns and a black dress. Um, the other thing that Gunner and I wanted to talk about was um, the uh, Mister. How, how fast the fucking internet turns on you! <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, no, because it's again, it's like fucking. It's. It's amazing how fucking quick the the collective it of humanity freaking jumps on you. Uh, you know, Linus found Linus found that out this week. Yeah, he's so, like the boss at like Linux. He's like the the guy that pretty much runs the show. He runs the ship. Yeah, like it was like 1990 or something, and Mister Linus said, um, "Hey, um, I got something." Um, back then, it was like the old 70s and 80s like mainframe computers and he said I got this and I just kind of made my own little miniature version of it and it's free and you can just have the code and what that turned into over time was what we know today as um, Linux which most people don't know and Android which people do know and this guy really has been maintaining this 
almost like Microsoft maintains Windows, almost like Apple maintains their operating system. He's been maintaining this for years, and he's really been the main guy. And his name is Linus Torvalds. And the reason that he's not a celebrity like... Uh, Gunner's still showing some of these drawings. Well, it's watching someone in a superhero, a superhero pose, which is actually, they omitted the part where the guy is jackhammering someone from behind. Oh, gosh. Oh, these are the ones. Sorry, I'm going to change topics back. These are the, he's showing us more ripped off photos. One of them, he said they're like taking, the, the comic pictures are taken directly from pornos, and there is a picture of a girl in a green... Uh, superhero outfit and um, it's very it's supposed to be a power kick yeah she's doing a power kick but you can tell by the position that she's in that somebody is is delivering some power to her instead <laughs> it is very um very obvious and that's crazy okay um right, I'm, I'm, I'm done so so <laughs> so back to linus so mr linus wrote this made it free the reason that he's not super famous like bill gates um or like steve jobs is really because it's free it's not his it's not his job he does it in his spare time he makes something that's you could almost argue is as good as windows in his spare time but he's always been in the media because he's an asshole right gunner you, well, what was I'm, it? A, I'm a describing that a, a benevolent dictator. Yeah, I, I kind of describing that from a high level, but like one example is, um, people wanted to play video games. They wanted to do it on this this Linux platform, and he was really struggling to get Nvidia, who you know is like they make a really really good card and you can play a lot of modern games with these cards he's trying to get it to work and when he had trouble with them he went on the news and he said um <clears throat> nvidia is the worst company i've ever had to deal with professionally they are really really bad but he uses bad words like he calls them assholes he says that they um do you remember the exact quote from nvidia when he made fun of them I don't know, but I mean, like, it, what's his face there? The president, the pre, Nvidia. Nvidia is the only company that beats Intel as far as acting in bad faith in the the, the computer industry as a whole. I mean, like HP and all the big box vendors just do it from a, a state of being negligent giant companies, but Nvidia and Intel actively engage in fucking. Well, and then and then he came out when the whole when the vulnerability was found with the Intel processors mm -hmm. and he had to patch, he had to patch his code so that people weren't vulnerable to that. Once Intel fixes it, he can take the patch out and Intel refused to give him a method for finding out if it was patched. And he went, he, that was the same, a similar thing where he went on the news and he starts trash talking Intel. Now when it's the big companies, I feel like everybody was behind him. They're like, you know what? It's about time somebody gave the middle finger to, to Intel. It's about time somebody gave the middle finger to NVIDIA. But he's also been famous for doing this to his own developers, to people that are trying to work on the same team with him. And in some cases, he just, like, they, they send him code. He rejects it, and he says, you're an idiot. Like, he's been, he's really, he's been really rash. He recently... After, after some of his behavior 
and, and some of his developers had reacted to that behavior, he said, I clearly don't understand how to be nice to somebody. Like he actually stopped and said, you know, it might, it might be advantageous to the project when NVIDIA needs to hear it. But these people that are on the same team as me, I'm actually pushing some of them away. And he stepped down temporarily so that he could go and figure out how he's supposed to treat people, which is really weird. Do you think this is well, it, some revelation he had or everything kind of coming out now where, you know, a lot of people are, this is, I'm not comparing this to like sexual assault and stuff, although those cases I, are coming out well, there's, right now. But do you think this is kind of like a, I better try and get ahead of this? And So start- there's a couple things that actually came up. So um, maybe just to give you an idea. So the previous, the previous, um, the previous kind of communal rule set that everyone operated under was referred to as the code of conflict. And now they've now they've replaced it with a code of conduct. But um, it, whether you take whether you take track in that or not, uh, I guess there were some there were some news items coming out about like um, flagrantly sexist activity in the you know the 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 Linux admin board. And it's one of these things where I I, I don't think Linus is sexist. I mean, he's just he's not tolerant of idiots and. Where that where that comes in is that he's just terse, and the thing is, is that he's kind of the gold standard by which everyone is measured by, and you know this is there's this meritocracy where everyone kind of um, you know you, 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 the contributors are sticking around or are, are empowered by the fact that they contribute something actually useful. Unfortunately, a lot of the contributors are fucking. <laughs> Can be kind of fucking dickwads. Well, why wouldn't they be if that's well, because the, if, he, if that's because what if the that's lead the, does. if that's what the lead does. Yeah, and it's you know like there there's been a lot of there's been a lot of kind of schisming as time goes on like the like uh not in the kernel but the get everybody getting system D pushed down their throats by Red Hat you know like there's there's there Linux is more Linux is more run by force of will. Because people will just decide we're going to do this thing, never mind if there's an actual technical compulsion for it to a, to a large extent. And it's also like Linux is not just Linux. Linux is all these fucking constituent components that kind of get conflated with it. You know, and I know Trace loses his fucking mind. It's actually, you shouldn't refer to it as Linux. You should refer to it as new Fuck Linux. Fuck you. Yes. Shut up. Um, so, <laughs> so the straw that broke the camel's back was uh, there's an annual kernel summit. And... Linus completely forgot about it, which is crazy because he invented the kernel. But he doesn't mind the fact that he forgot about it because he doesn't like public speaking. So for the guy that was the founder of this thing, this thing that's it's on so many of our devices. Every router in your house runs Linux. Your every Android phone runs Linux. And uh, it, it really started a movement, you know, almost 30 years ago now. He is the guy everybody goes to see. Even if he's an asshole, they go to see him. He is really like, he's like the keynote speaker, and he will always be the keynote speaker until he dies. Because it's like going it's it's like going to an Apple convention and, and Steve Jobs not showing up. Which, by the way, Steve Jobs, he did miss some of his own events because he was sick. So if you have a good excuse, the community forgives you, and then more people are just excited to see you the next year. So what happened was, um, and, and I apologize if my details are a little bit off, but they decided to move the summit so that it was closer to where he was on vacation. And he's still like, no, I'm not going. Like, I already have a conflict. And 
it really made people upset. They're like, we're willing to like move things around to work with your fuck up and you're still telling us you aren't going to show up. And that's really was the straw that broke the camel's back. But wait, I really liked your question. It's like, is this part of like this, let's be nice to people movement? Well, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I think everyone in a position of power and, I, and here's the thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, but I think they, they live a little bit more in fear now than they may have 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I think it's always good to think about where you're at, think about what you're doing, and you know, make the best decision based on that. Don't, don't allow emotions and your desires to, to completely uh, base all of your decisions, specifically professionally speaking. Um, but you do wonder. He's had 30 years of success at this. Right. Being the asshole that he is. Right, and that's part of it, right? That like, would Linux is not some. I can't even I can't even say that someone that like Bill Gates, who I have a ton of respect for, or um, Steve Jobs, that I have a lot of professional respect for, maybe not personal, but I can't say that those guys could even do it because Linux is didn't just like hit and become this crazy powerful money making thing. Like they've had to. Yeah, it's volunteers. Yeah, it's all it's you're, like volunteers. Since there's there's no paradigm the paradigm is if you're the best you're at the top and that's how it is and this linus guy is a genius obviously you know and, he, and he's made some super super relevant contributions to uh technology and, and and how we we use technology even today and probably in the future going forward i'm sure but you didn't get there because he was some normal well-adjusted guy because a normal fucking well-adjusted guy wouldn't do that well normal well-adjusted guy wouldn't decide to fucking write his own s for this the os for the part of part of the problem too is that there really isn't there really isn't a fucking path mapped out for being able to become a competent kernel contributor and there's, That's there's, true. There, the, the, the learning curve is the learning curve is very vicious, right? And it's not like there's something that like you know I well I, you know like here's the series of steps. It's either okay, I do a code review, and then all of a sudden either you know like I got to start, you know it, it's like people getting fucking twitchy about like. Um, and for those listening, thinking that we're talking about popcorn, what the kernel is is the kernel is like if you're on Windows, Windows has its own form of a kernel. The kernel is the blue screen that you get when everything fails. The kernel is what runs underneath everything. It's what keeps the computer components talking to each other. If you want to get memory from the computer, you have to talk to the kernel to get it. If you want to run a program, a certain part of that program can talk to the kernel. And when you think about like these those security exploits that were happening with the Intel processors, the kernel was the last person or in this case a you know a piece a piece of software it's the last stop before before that exploit happens so he had to actually slow down some of the processing power of the kernel in order to work around those patches this is some highly highly technical stuff very few people in the world actually want to work on a computer kernel and like you said like it's kind of uncharted territory there's kernels every computer system from the beginning of time um in, in into the future is going to have a kernel but what's unique about linus is he's been successfully maintaining one with a bunch of people that do it in their spare time that's where it gets very strange and it's picked up so much traction that he's having lobbying power against huge companies like Intel and he doesn't make a dime off of this he for for years he was running his Linux uh, desktop on top of a Mac 
because somebody donated one to him. Yeah, it's it's and it's definitely a weird kind of situation um, because if it was like this massive corporation, you know, if it was the man, if you will, you would understand. Like everyone would know how you're supposed to act and what's supposed to go on and the, the, you'd, you'd have kpi charts and you'd 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 have a, a goal and you'd have 25 percent of your work done by a certain time period with a certain budget and yeah, a there'd certain be an amount hr workers. department and yeah. there'd be structure there and mm-hmm. and the rule there'd be set rules but like these guys have been doing doing it rough shot the best that they can because that's how it has to operate it's it's like if goodwill or salvation army never incorporated that's kind of what he's doing and yeah. it's such a strange operation so i always thought of him as like i always thought of that that really rash side of him as being his strong quality um he there was one point in time where the where the, the desktop um came out and it was really 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 dumbed down a lot of the features that people had grown to love were missing and that specific desktop um it's a pretty popular one in the linux community which is in itself a small community but it 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 it's called Gnome, and I remember when he used the updated version, and what he said was, and he said this to all of these people that bust their ass making this Gnome computer desktop, oh, and he no, said- Gnome is pretty awful. <laughs> what he said was, he said if, uh, it was dumbed down, and he said if, if you make your desktop so that idiots can use it, the only people that will use it are idiots. And it was this idea that if you make it too simple, you're actually going to drive away the people that really justified its existence to begin with. You right, don't want to drive like, away the power yeah, users. Yeah, like the innovators, right? The innovators aren't going to be interested because if anybody can use it and anybody can use the tools in it, what's the point? Yeah, if, the if you design it for idiots, idiots will use it. And I love that quote. I use that quote in my own professional career a lot. It's like some people, are, they're like, what? You know, if if you're if you're writing you're writing instructions for something, and they're like, well, how do they know what this is, and how do they know what this is, and at some point you have to stop and say, if I'm writing it for an idiot, then we're we're only going to be hiring idiots to fulfill this role. So at some point you need to allow people to have, you know, to be more advanced. It can't all be dumbed down. Um, <coughs> cough. Windows eight. Windows ten. But anyway. Um, from like like a project management perspective, I think it's an interesting problem because I've watched like a lot of projects succeed and fail, and most of the ones that are operated like his are extremely strict. And there's usually some asshole that just steps in and tells everybody that they're wrong, and the project marches on anyway. Well, there actually, so there is a really because one of the things that they're t- they've talked about too is that there was an article on the New Yorker that came out on the nineteenth that talked about a bunch because one of the things that they discuss in that article is effectively you have this communication style which is fun, you know like you see the point of it but you have you know what is it non-binary and uh, female contributors that attempt to use the same type of communication style and it's kind of that inherent like guys who are asshole you know guys who are assholes are big movers guy women who are assholes are bitches or what you know like you know there, mm-hmm. there's there's this implicit for some reason we're wired that we don't you know like we're sociologically wired that we don't fucking respond to this correctly and 
it was one of the things that they talk about in the article is that effectively they, they tried to do it the way Linus did and they got called fucking they got called fucking cunts and stuff and ignored and that was part of like dude I'm, I'm not I'm you know like even that they're like dude we're not asking we're not asking for fucking hippie stuff it's just can you can you fu- if you are the grand poobah we need to fucking get a handle on this because I'm 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 supposed to be in charge of shit and I can't even do it because if I try and do it your way, I get told I, I get ignored more than if I ask even politely. And asking politely is intrinsically inc- incompatible with how we do business here. And Linus said, like, you know, like it, it kind of bounced back. And he said, to that point, he said, like, listen, I don't want to do those office politics thing. I don't, but 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 the thing is, is that Linus doesn't like what Linus says goes. So implicitly, that's never going to be a problem with how he does things because he gets what he wants. Um. And I, actually, it's kind of funny because effectively one of the people that they talk about in the article was Intel's primary fucking contributor back to to Linus, and she you know, they fucking bailed because they just got tired of they got tired of the fucking politics in it. And you you know, like you want Wait, like who diff- bailed? Who bailed? Oh, uh, Gre- no, you don't. Not the sure. name. The the, 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 the the Intel's prime one of Intel's primary kernel contributors. Like that. That, that she got was, sick of dealing well, with they, Linus. They, and she they, they, were, they 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 did because they you know like there is this whole like they got the normal shit of like fucking you know like that weird. So they they identify as a non a, a non gender conformative person. Right. But they're they tried to do the you know like again like they tried to escalate like in the same style that linus does and they got fucking shit on because they treated him like a like a fucking woman in tech or whatever because again it's like if a woman talks like that they're wait wait but i i still don't understand what happened so so you're saying this 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 woman tried using his tactics within her own team in intel well no or within the line no she was she was a prime she was a primary linux admin so she tried admin. using it with the with the with kernel the team, team with with the kernel team with and the she kernel got told team. she got basically ignored or told to fuck off and that was like dude you need right. to, you need to you're the boss can we fucking get can we get this fucking sorted and again because it wasn't a problem that he was having I didn't see it as a problem you know you talk about that thing like I need to learn to be nicer but it's also like it's com- so they asked him to 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 support her. Well, just to, listen. We got we got to get a grip on this because if this is the only, this I need I need to be able to tell people what to do in the same you know like to a certain extent the same way that you do because of the duties that you have assigned to me. Yeah, and I can't fucking do that because right. people do not respond to me in the right. same way they do to you. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting conundrum, um, and you can't force people to react a certain way. You know, you can't force respect, and it it is it is. Fucked up, you know that this girl at this admin status that she had wasn't receiving the same level of respect as him. But it's also very difficult to force that on anyone. I mean, how would he fix that issue? This is this is a common problem that I've seen in eh, in a lot of different industries where you have someone that really excels in the industry, whether it's innovating or. Um, innovation or or just they just know the processes so well but you don't know people that well that's why you have you know your engineers the guys that create the stuff and and owners but the owners sometimes aren't the ceos and it's it's probably the way it should be because just because you know how you know everything about an industry just because linus knows linux back and forth and kernels back and forth doesn't mean he knows how to deal with people and deal with the politics in it right i think if linus was smart he would appoint 
The problem is it's not a, a, a regularly structured corporation. This is, yeah. And I'm not saying that's the answer. No, but you're right. He's a showman for almost an engineering task. He doesn't want to be the showman. He doesn't necess- he doesn't necess- he doesn't take pride in his people skills. But it's just the way that it keeps happening because he's at the top of that food chain. The industry is 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 really not large enough to have a showman that sits next to him. Right. Right? And, yeah. It's not that one of the best analogies I've heard is um, when it comes to these these really low level IT things is um, one of the analogies I heard was with a building. They said there's nothing sexy about replacing the foundation of a building. Well, but that's without it, the well, whole that's thing. Because people are fucking boring and don't fucking pick up on the the immensity of the material world that they exist in. That's actually pretty fucking awesome picking a building up off its off its base and fucking put it back together. Right, but like if you see a before and after photo gunner. Not a lot of people are excited. Yeah, well, that's so, cause, that's because they're ignorant. So it's like he lives in this space where he's like, you know, he's like the grand engineer that that oversees the replacement of the foundation. It's not sexy to begin with. You don't really have, you can't have a figurehead standing next to him. It, there's not enough room, right? Right, and that's and maybe that is kind of the weakness of that structure is that there's not a solid leader because, like, let's face it. I've, you, you've seen the movies, you've heard the stories, like uh, Steve Jobs is kind of a douchebag, yeah. you know what I mean? Those people, it's, people it's were, not all Steve Jobs. No, Steve, Steve no. Jobs' teams were successful in spite of himself, in spite of him. So right. Like he, basically, he could get together, He, you know, like he was, he was the quintessential example of the key to being successful is not being the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Being the best guy in the room. The, the key to being successful is having smart friends. Right, and... Um, one of the best, I believe it was a quote, and I'm going to fuck it up. So, um, and he, what he said was, he said when he when he found himself in the IT industry, he looked around and he realized that all of the people that had built the computers that came before him were no smarter than you and I. Like, and, and I loved that part of the movie. Whether or not he said that, and of course, I, the words are off. He probably said it in half those words, but. I like the idea that there isn't like a grand mind that engineers everything that we do. It's small steps toward where we are today. And it's people like you and I that put us there. And and I think that's where, you know, fortunately, Apple could have the engineers hide and have Steve Jobs be the front man because what he was selling was sexy. There is something sexy about a new phone. There is something sexy about a new watch. But when it comes to, um, you know, when you're just doing the software side and with the software side that you're doing doesn't have any glitter or flash that you can show off, it's you can't really have that guy that that fixes all of the PR problems that are happening or, or you know, or like you said, gets HR involved because if these employees are unhappy, there are no employees. But yeah, I mean, the problem is, is there's no money, so there's no structure. Like, it's not, even if he appointed some guy to be the face of the company or to right. be the C- CEO well, I mean, like, of the company, a- you get to where you're at. It's, it's the downfall of the medium that they're in. Yeah, it's you a downfall got to where you're at by being work. a hotshot and being doing what the fuck you really wanted to do. If what you really want to do is not listen to a female, then you're going to fucking do that. And if you're successful, no one stopped you yet. Right, that, and that's the, that that that's not a good thing, but that's the bad part of what comes with some of the good parts. There's no structure. 
Yeah, she's got to no find, structure. Like, there's no one to tell you. She's got to find her own it. way. To Valve, Valve is disintegrating. Valve is kind of disintegrating in, in 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 something of a similar fashion right now because there there's no one running the sh- you know like if there's no one running the ship. Yeah, the, guy, the head wait. guy's a fuck boy. Like he's just an antisocial douche that just You're wants results. About Gabe? Essentially, what's well, that? I really got Gabe. Gabe but- Gabe, no, but Gabe basic Gabe basically makes makes money just because Valve does stuff and like he'll have his he'll have his weird off projects and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's also there's no there's no structure. People fight to get on teams because like no one actually has assigned work. It's just I want to try and do this thing because this is the team that's making all the fucking bonuses this year. It's, it's like it's the weirdest fucking software company I've ever heard of because of, there's there's no there's no product plan. It's essentially it's proving grounds, gang, right? Gang, there's roving gangs trying to assemble and fucking usurp each other and like you, you know it's it's like what is it? Microsoft had that whole fucking stacked ranking thing where they like you know like employees would evaluate each other for their fucking raises and stuff like that or their quarterly their yearly reviews and that's great except when you fucking have like internecine power struggles to fucking bury people and stuff like that and it's like there's a reason why these angles only work in wrestling enter- like wrestling entertainment but Gabe <laughs> it's doesn't. not supposed to be a real life thing but Gabe and Valve don't have the excuse that Linus has right no yeah they're a a corporation corporation. they are a a highly profitable corporation because they've essentially invented the app store for video games and they were the first and they're still around they're still relevant you know there's still a lot of titles that you can only buy if you buy them through steam well even if you buy them alone you have to fucking put steam on it to fucking use it like i how many i i I bought like so many fucking box games you mad bro well, yeah, <laughs> I bought so many fucking box games. Install them and like they get bound to a Steam license. Like I can't fucking like I have Elder Scrolls. I can't, I can't, I can't believe you're buying box games still. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still buy audio CDs too, Gunner? Well, I mean, like used, but yes. I was arguing with a musician online, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to put any of my work online. I don't want it on Spotify. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to sell the CDs to people. Sounds like a fucking great idea. Super great plan. Let's let's pull it back 20 years. Let's do that. So, yeah, I, And I'm thinking, stupid. I'm like, doesn't that really limit your sales? Listen, is this a local musician? Like, no. Let me speak. No, it's, he's not local. Oh, is this a small musician, I should yes, say? Yes, yes. Let me just help you out here right now no one fucking knows who you are don't try and worry about getting ripped off now worry about getting ripped <laughs> off after you've made it and you're and you're very popular and you're in demand because when you're in demand you can set your own that's when you can make the rules but you don't want to be on spotify you want to fucking sell cds you're an idiot i mean you're a moron you're, you're just i don't understand i can't even understand the like the thought process better because you don't want people stealing your music or it's weird to me too because I don't think that music is nearly as profitable as it used to be I think that you know you have to sell merchandise and you have to do a lot of tours I don't believe that the actual album sales give you as much um, I would be curious to know how much some of these YouTube songs are making unless you're Ticketmaster unless you're fucking Ticketmaster yeah Ticketmaster is in the crosshairs we're going to transition here uh Speaking of like, I don't know, this is some shady shit. I listened to it on NPR. So obviously, you know, ticket scalping is illegal. It's a crime, right? You can be arrested for it. I did not know that was illegal. Yes, ticket yes, scalping is. is illegal. Don't they do it on Craigslist all the time? 
They do it on like StubHub and things like that. Yeah, essentially, StubHub is like made a business off of it, right? But they're like, it's like it's it's this weird gray area. You can't scalp tickets yourself personally, but if you have like a license, is it a licensing agreement with Ticketmaster? Gunner, how does it? How does the, what's yeah. the workaround essentially? You you can be a broker, which is a scalper. Yes. Like it's a fucking scalper. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so Ticketmaster had this summit. Um. With a bunch of these brokers or vendors, uh huh, um, and and they were a lot of there were there were legit vendors there, you know what I mean, like venues or whatever. It wasn't like just this crazy shady underground thing, but they would only allow media on the floor, not into some of the meetings that they were having, like like the actual like uh, the talks and things like that. And Gunner, like, so they had like conference rooms, and they had like like people from StubHub or people from like the event centers, even and, like, like big smaller venues. like 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 brokers or whatever uh-huh. um and they <laughs> gonna go do you, do you have more information probably so on so effectively where, where this kind of blow up came from is that they had they had an industry conference back in july in las vegas mm-hmm. and one of the breakout meetings so like again because they're trying to keep things is that effectively Ticketmaster has been colluding with their own secret scalping program that they use their second party uh, ticket pl- basically, so they have a reselling platform that they bought called Trade Desk. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that ticket tickets will not appear to the general market; they will go directly to these scalpers, who will then do a partnership and a partnership deal with Trade Desk will buy the available stock from Ticket Market Ticketmaster directly, and then direct inject that into that Trade Desk. So they're like, platform. let's cut out the middleman. Yes, we're just going to we're they're, just going to put a, a certain percentage of our tickets out for scalpers right off the and, right out of the gate. But here's the fucked up thing: so these scalpers, it, some of that money goes back to Ticketmaster because they're yes. part of this trade desk. So Ticketmaster is not only selling the tickets initially, then they're selling to scalpers, and those scalpers the so increased ticket, rates ticket, that ticket they're master, getting. Ticketmaster gets gets a cut on both sides of it. Yeah. Like so, what did they do? They put a so so, so they let's, put let's, like a, let's make it simple. Let's say you and you, me, and and Gunnar are gonna go to a make it a make it really funny a fucking three doors down concert. <laughs> <laughs> what did they even say? Uh, they're a shitty band from like the late nineties. Superman, Su- yeah, Superman. Oh, um, Superman. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know any other songs about three doors down. <laughs> Maybe I would if I heard them. But they suck. <laughs> but let's say we're going to go to that concert. There's, let's make it really simple. 200 seats, small venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because uh, it's in a shitty bar. 100 seats go on sale because we don't know exactly what the, mm-hmm. what the seat count is, and they're sold out. Mm-hmm. Well, the other hundred of those seats go on sale exclusively mm-hmm. to the scalpers. Mm-hmm. Because these scalpers are part of this. Is it Smart Desk? Is that what it's called? A trade Desk. Trade Desk. Okay. Are part of this Trade Desk agreement mm-hmm. and program. So the scalpers, the tickets usually cost $10. The scalpers are, ch- are charging like $40 because it's sold out and you want to go. So it's really, it's based on psychology. Like mm-hmm. people will pay more for it if there's a higher demand for it. Mm-hmm. Especially Three Doors Down. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Three Doors Down? Just call me Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If I'm alive, then will you be there holding my hand? So the scalpers charge, let's say, double what you pay for. You give your money, you're double. The, so I, my buddy, you bought a ten dollar one, and I didn't pot, I didn't get the first hundred tickets sold, but I still want to go. I pay, I paid twenty dollars, and like 
five dollars of that twenty that for, that the scalper has goes back to Ticketmaster. So they already sold these tickets to the scalpers, and they're getting more of a kickback. Well, but is it that they're that they're forcing them all through this? Like no, no. So, so or is it a newly is it a new system? No, or is it just finally got uncovered? It's come to light. It, it, well, because basically what happened is they had two journalists who posed as scalpers who came to this fucking oh. conference, and Ticketmaster reps approached them because what will what will happen is they will deliberately manipulate the market share of un first market tickets versus secondary market tickets because. All things said and done, Ticketmaster wants to sell out, yeah. but they want you to sell through Trade Desk because they get another cut. Of oh yeah, yeah, because they're the inflating fucking, the price and for the same exact product. Well, and what what happened is that like there were these scalpers who would be normally penalized because they would buy and because there's an actual like flow limit on the number of tickets that you would get. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you were going through Trade Desk, all the complaints mysteriously weren't responded to yeah like the not up and up stuff so like one of these pose one of these guerrilla um journalists Mm -hmm. they were like well you know we're a really small racket you know what i mean we only have it's just the two of us and so even each of us just has one account and there's Mm -hmm. like a four ticket or ten ticket max pro and he's like oh no no don't worry about that like we have workarounds with that he's like we have we have plenty of small brokers that have hundreds of accounts with us which you're not supposed to be able to have with ticketmaster like it's actually not allowed Gotcha, gotcha. But, but, so but what, for so these vendors is, under this trade desk, they're so, allowed to do it. So what happened is when they created trade desk, they made them sign an agreement that says you could you're only allow allowed so many tickets that you can scalp. And when they brought up that concern back to Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster told them to their face, "Don't worry about that." Yeah, they're just, they're just, purposely, just they're purposely not account. doing their due diligence to validate those accounts to make sure it's <laughs> it's not it should be a separate entity, but it's mm-hmm. not Any because they know filed. we're getting more money to kick back to us. So of right. course we're not going to do our due diligence and like make sure that you know crack down and make sure that these aren't bogus accounts and just the same guy buying all the tickets. It's it's weird because you know I work in insurance and I happen to work for an insurance headquarters that has no people selling and. The people that sell are actually independent of us. So I think about these scalpers, right? I think about these, these um, like a StubHub where they have they they're, they're selling something, but they didn't create what they're selling, right? They're selling it for somebody else. And what happens is there is a kickback to the person selling, right? Based on their sales, they get a certain uh, a certain amount of commission. And there's always this: you want you want more sales, you want the person selling to be able to get rewarded. The person that actually made the product, they don't mark the product up. You know what I mean? They just sell it. It's just their product. How can Ticketmaster think that these tickets are worth any more than they're already worth? I mean, this is cl- they're just they're just making they're like a, like a smokescreen in front of artificially raised ticket prices, right? I mean, this is like it's essentially just printing their own money. Well, you know, but I mean, like, so yeah. Hopefully, you know, no real trace back. So the last two years, I bought Comic Con passes because I'm supposed to go with a friend. And the last two years, my friends bailed on me, so I ended up selling them. And the thing is, is that like I, you know, like I sell them for pretty much what I paid for them, plus whatever I got to pay for shipping to get them to somebody because I don't mm-hmm. want to get dinged with scalping. But the thing, is, like. I do not sell them for anywhere near what the actual market going rate for them is. Is because you know, like I, I, like 
you know, whether you sit them or not, because there, there is there is a certain scarcity to this. Like you're only going to find so many, you're only going to have so many seats that are desirable in so many days. And it's like I paid fifty dollars for a one day pass, like a, a day pass for a certain day, and the fucking going rate is one hundred and fifty. Right. You know, and it's like, am I am I a schmuck because I didn't sell it for one hundred and fifty, or you know, because like the other thing is, if I sell it on fucking eBay. Who's to say that it's not a fucking scalper going to grab it anyways right, because... Right. Because they can. Because you're forced to be able to sell it for the price you paid, and they're not. And this is kind of like my problem with it. I don't have a problem with the scalpers. You do, you you make a profit however well, you need to make there's a profit. A, there's actually... I'm there's nothing a, dishonest about it, right? What I have a problem is, Ticketmaster, you're like the only game in town. Ticketmaster went out of their way to <clears> fucking bury everyone. Yeah, and I mean, clear, them in Clear Channel. Yeah, there's not really much. iHeartRadio. There was t- just tickets.com. Hey, you burned I think. in hell. They own. They 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 merged with Live Nation. The, yeah, the, they're just they're the only game in town, and you're you're rigging the game. Like the only game in town, you're rigging scalpers. And like anybody can say no to a scalper, well, right? No, like, no, I, no. I want to buy my tickets through Ticketmaster. I want to like, and if I can't get in, hey, it's up to the scalpers. Whatever they want to pay right whatever i'm going to pay for when the company that's printing the tickets and making them available enables the scalpers and then takes some of that scalper money deliberately created a platform specifically for fucking for fucking yeah so i'm i'm trusting i'm trusting you not it's like i'm trusting you not to cut my drugs as is, meanwhile, while you're the same guy who makes the stuff that cuts the drugs with it, but you're not going to do mine, right? You're going to be—we're going to be fair. Gonna yeah. Be fair. So what's what's come as a result of these these discoveries? Well, I mean, other, than, anything... other than fucking other than fucking Ticketmaster hemming and hawing and saying, "Oh, we're on a period of internal review and blah," blah because like they got them fucking dead just to write because they literally have like one of the like a fucking upper level guy fucking talking with them on camera about how they fucking they're fucking doing this. But as of right now, it's just a PR problem, right? And that's well, all, I mean, frankly, Trace, like, I think that's all it's ever going to be. Like, do you, I mean, do you remember back in the 90s? They pay too many people. Yeah. Right. Do you remember back in the 90s, though? Like, like if, if you ever, if you wanted to go to a Pearl Jam concert, you couldn't, you couldn't go through Ticketmaster. They refused. I wonder, has this shit been going back? Yeah. How long has this been going back? Well, no, but, but, but you know, but part of it, too, is that, like, it, it, there's always been, it's a fucking carny thing, you know? It, 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 it it's, you know, it's only with the advent of the fucking market consolidation and like fucking making these tools available. Like, Ticketmaster used to have to like you know like there used to be the electronic interchange, but you had to fucking call right. Like there was like the I remember like that was a big deal when we hit our fucking computer lab at work. Where everybody was fucking excited because they could go on the fucking internet and buy their t- you know, like buy their fucking summer concert shows in the fucking science lab on Max back there. But it's you didn't have an organized secondary market. Like, you know, maybe there were people fucking calling in, you know, like to your point. Yeah. Maybe there were fucking individual breakout deals or something like that, but they never had a fucking platform that was deliberately attempting to anonymize shit. Well, it kind of reminds me, and this is not a good analogy, but it's the best one I can think of is I remember when, uh, was it 99, the last Woodstock? Yeah, I was there. Woodstock 99. Woodstock 99. I remember Woodstock 99, the people getting, so upset of course they're probably also drunk and high and on drugs but um I, and it was very hot out yeah. and i remember them getting really upset and trashing um 
and that was that was here in Rome, right? Very close mm-hmm. to us. I can tell you exactly what happened. Yeah, and but 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 why why did they get so upset? Okay, so on day one, towards like halfway through day one, they found out that a lot of the, like the porta potties or whatever there, their bottoms were like leaking and stuff like that, and like the water the water lines burst as well. Like so, like pretty much all the water at that place for the most part there wasn't a safe drinking water source so you had all these people hundreds of thousands of people like going out on buses and like dragging bottled water back because when the vendors found out about this a bottle of water went from like a dollar fifty to like seven dollars. Yeah, I remember people <clears throat> saying seven dollars for bottles bottle of water, and then they ended up like tipping the the, the porta potties over. They yep. they ended up like setting stuff on fire. So by day th- I left in the morning of day three because the night before people were just pissed off. People were really really angry, and a lot of it was that underlying like these vendors are fucking us. You know what I mean? Like. They're literally just fucking us. Anybody that does any type of, of, of water even, like they're just they're just profiting off it way more than they even intended to. <clears throat> they feel like they were getting gouged. So the last <clears throat> night two, I think. Uh, that was Metallica night, right? It ended with Metallica, but Rage was on the, on, on before. I left at Rage. Now, here's the other deal. There are a lot of fucking douchebags at that show. I mean, I saw yeah. some really disturbing stuff where, like, mm-hmm. guys cornering girls, like, massive groups of guys cornering girls, screaming, show your tits. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really, really depraved shit. And I was there with my, at the time, girlfriend. <clears throat> so it was like, we, I want to leave now. Like, we saw Rage. It was awesome. I wanted to see Metallica, but, like, Limp Biscuit was up after Rage. And the crowd is was just yeah, shifting. Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy <clears throat> combo because you people get people get <clears throat> really people get really excited for any one of those bands. Better yet, three of them. Oh, dude, it was the most amazing experience. Like I saw like DMX in the same night. I saw Dave Matthews, which I don't like Dave, but like a lot of people do, and a lot of people did. Like it was an amazing, amazing show. Two stages where it was just crazy, but like that second night people had it got mean it got bad because people you can't bus hundreds of thousands of people out to grocery stores in the area to buy up all the water the water was gone dude and the only water available essentially with the exception of a few still functioning like water hoses and stuff were with these vendors these these bottled water vendors and these people were doing making the wrong decision instead of saying and i'm not saying give your shit away but like instead of saying like yeah we're gonna charge two bucks for a bottle of water we're only going to charge a dollar fifty, or you know what? We're just always going to charge two bucks. It was two bucks when you came in. It's like no, I know when you came in the door, it was two bucks, but now it's seven bucks, or eight bucks, or ten bucks. So by the end of that second night, there was a really, really bad energy, like really shitty. People were super angry, and then the morning came, and people were just ripping the walls down. Like there were these giant murals, these giant wooden murals. People were just people, ripping yeah, the shit down fucking... and burning it, and. uh I was just like, and, and people, the guys were getting way more, it was getting way more testosterone charged. Guys were like, there were a lot of fights breaking out. And I was like, you know what? Pack the tent up. We're out of here. Like, it's just this weird, weird stuff. Like this, this, I remember it clear as day because it was really, really disturbing. Like this older guy, like guy in his like 40s, mid 40s, early 50s. I, didn't, I couldn't tell how old he was. I was 18 at the time. But like. He was like, to the girl I was there with, he was like, oh, can I take your picture? And she was like, um, I guess, because she had some face paint on or whatever. 
He was like, no, 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 take your top off. And she was like, what? He was like, I said, take your top off. And he didn't know I was in the tent. And I came out. I was like, the fuck did you say? And he, of course, like shrank like a fucking the coward that he was. But like, there was a lot of stuff like that happening. That guy is just a piece of shit and doesn't have an excuse. The same as those guys that were doing all the terrible shit that was going on there are pieces of shit and don't have an excuse. But a lot of the other people that were like just trashing the place, they're pissed off because they were getting gouged horribly. Like really, really bad. And and it was super hot and they had just had enough. We left that like when I saw that shit in the morning, guys ripping the walls down and burning shit, I was like, Not a good scene. Like we gotta go. I can't I can't guarantee your safety, or certainly my certainly not mine, definitely not yours. Get now, in the car and leave. Now, so it, it, the reason I chose that as an analogy is because that is something, at least in my lifetime, where I saw um, like this crowd reaction to price gouging. And yeah, another thing, like you got to remember, it's like, well, nobody was keeping you there. Like, well, a kind of people were kind of keeping you there. I remember when we first got into our car to leave because a lot of people started to leave because a lot of people saw the writing on the wall. It was a 23-hour wait to get out. The traffic was, was stopped. Luckily, a trooper took his SUV and ran a chain-link fence down. He said, follow me. We followed him through the field, and he rammed a chain-link fence down with his with his SUV, and we went out that way and got home, luckily. But it's like you are kind of trapped, and you, there are no options. And you spent 150 bucks for one ticket, which... I don't know how to adjust that now. Now it's not so much money, but I think for a lot of people, it's still a significant amount of money. Back then, it was even more. It makes you wonder if those would be $500 tickets now. Probably, yeah. I mean, with Ticketmaster, apparently it fucking would be. And, and the thing with Ticketmaster, um, they 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 add a large service charge onto the, the ticket of the price, regardless if you buy it through a scalper, right? Isn't right, it a hefty yeah. fee? Yeah, there is a service charge. I, I haven't purchased tickets in a long, long time, but you have, right, Connor? No, I got. Well, I, I mean, um, my stuff's all through freaking Read like, Expo or whatever. Oh, so it's like direct. Own. Well, because it's it's weird how it works out. Because effectively, um, there there are event specific cartels. So Read Pop is the one that basically runs. Almost all the fucking comic cons now, or you know, like PAX and that kind of thing, like you know, like the 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 big nerd the big nerd cons. You have Wizards, which is its own thing. Oh, the Wizards, like I, they actually. So this is this is fucking news. Um, you, know, you talk about like fucking weird business stuff. Wizard Wizards, which is like uh, they do all like the the other like they have Wizard Con, but you know, like Gen Con that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There was just a big thing where they basically can't. They canceled the majority of their fucking 2018 schedule. Why? Uh, I guess there's some weird business. Uh, help, fucking Wizard World. What the fuck? What the fuck? Uh, so eight years ago, I'm going to talk over you a little bit here, Gunner. It was yep. ten to fifteen dollars average service charge for eight ca- years ago. That was eight years ago. Yeah, fifteen dollars for. On top of the a, ticket, you're a paying service for. charge on top. Yeah, so it was a thirty dollars ticket. It was it turns into a forty five dollars ticket. That's a fifty percent increase in price on a thirty dollars ticket. I mean, that alone should piss you off. The fact that that wasn't enough for these shit pigs, and they got greedier and needed more. It's just unacceptable. Like, what, at this point, my question is, where isn't this in some violation of an antitrust law? Like, it, it's at one point, you know what I mean? Like, they're so big, there's nowhere else to go. Like, is there no litigation that can help protect the consumer? 
It is interesting. Um, it is interesting that they do have such a stronghold on ticket sales. Um, and I wonder, like, I do wonder what this charge is. Like, if you think about, if you think about, like, if you go, let's say, you go to a grocery store, right, and you want to buy tickets, and that grocery store happens to be partnered with Ticketmaster, the person that's working behind the counter is they're already being paid by, like, the the grocery store themselves, right? They're already making an hourly wage. I, there, there's, they definitely have like, you know, like maybe like a special printer there for printing the tickets. Um, or they're pre-printed, you know. There's a computer system, you know. There's some infrastructure that has to exist. It still seems like an expensive markup for that operation, which you know maybe their you know maybe some of their their equipment is is unusually expensive, or maybe the maintenance on their equipment is unusually high. But it still seems like a high markup. If you were to compare the same thing to Western Union. Right. If I want to wire you money to a grocery store, it's not much different than me than you wiring a ticket, right? Because really, you pay them money, and then you take a ticket out of Ticketmaster's database, and then whatever venue is partnered with Ticketmaster knows that they've sold a seat, and now there's one less seat available. Western Union is very similar because there's money in my bank account, and the money needs to come out of my bank account and go across a wire and then go into your bank account. Or in the case of Western Union, it's usually more like it's cash, right? Like yeah, you I, would, cash. I would imagine, yeah, typically Western Union is to send cash, to wire cash, yeah. Um, so like, I think that's probably like a, like a, a good comparison. It's like, you know, what's the average Western Union Transaction. I want fee. to say it's like five percent, maybe or ten percent, maybe five or ten percent. Well, I think credit cards are between two and four, and Western Union is usually notoriously high. And I think it's because of the same problem. They have these printers. Oh wow! What are you looking at? Okay, I'm re- I'm reading this fucking. I'm reading up on Wiz- so, actually, even at the start of the year, like, so, Wizard World, or Wizard World is basically the promo- the, the 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 organizer that does a lot of these nerd, you know, like pop culture conventions sure and it's just one of these things where um you know maybe Ticketmaster, even that like it's it's just funny how fucking quick stuff turns around because even if you get into the niche stuff like there was uh so like um not in the official promo scene and you know there's some bashing that's deserved on that thing but like uh there was kind of like this fucking geometric explosion of like my little pony fan conventions all across the country and it's funny watching them fucking die because there's like brony cons brony cons yeah actually brony cons done next year what brony cons done next year it's the last it. one this last one ever because the interest they, they, has died down uh well because they can't they can't get they can't get the numbers that they want the fucking hasbro's end in the series and doing another like doing a relaunch to try and fucking oh. get all the awkward social yeah, the people awkward who are fans fans of it, but you know, but, but, but the social stuff is weird. Well, I don't. But, there's know, a lot of stigma uh, there. You know, but make make but your point, but let's like, go back to bronies after because people don't know, think everybody knows what a brony okay, is. Okay, but but so Wizard World, um, at the start of the year, there was basically talk that like they went, they were like in so much financial trouble that they weren't going to make it till November. But there's all these incident, there's all these con, you know, in, like their response to this is. The executive team has been buying stock up so they can just stop issuing reports. But, um, you know, and it's it's just funny because there's like, it, it's kind of this thing where it's the threshold between us making a shit ton of money 
and us not being able to fucking like afford to keep the lights on in the home office is so fucking small because it's it's like you know the, the, it's it's this tipping point and it's 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 amazing because like there was this huge flux of pop culture conventions like that we're trying to fucking I can actually I gotta be careful because I don't want to name my employer with my comparison but so you. You know, like there was, there was, there was this this thing where like there was a comic con in every major city or something like that, and there were multiple comic cons or something like that because they want you know like there this was this was a booming business, and it's just like the economic reality of the situ the times kind of setting in where like you know they're saying like we have record profits and everything like that, but the people who are fucking consumers of these like incidental entertainment goods don't actually have enough fucking money to go do this stuff, and they lost. Eight mil- like something like what was it? Uh, they had a drop of over twenty million dollars in revenue. Wow, this was the Comic Con stuff. Yes, the Wizard World, and then like, but the thing is that they've been canceling and rescheduling stuff, but they're not. Wow. So I wanted to go back on a few so, things. Okay. Number one, Western Union's transaction price mm-hmm. is generally five dollars, and you can transfer up to nine hundred dollars for I think it's an eleven dollar fee. So that seems more reasonable than the average ticket cost because tickets usually don't cost nine hundred dollars. The My average surcharge is like, like, who are you employing, and what is so complex that you need to mark something up fifty percent? I mean, I'm I've got a lot of experience in the construction industry. Typically, twenty to thirty percent of your margins. That's no one's charging more than thirty percent. And and I also want to make a disclaimer here. Um, my night company. I, I work with both of those named companies, both Western Union and Ticketmaster. And from from like me working with their staff, their professional staff, their IT staff, um, they're, they're, they've been terrific. <laughs> so I do want to put that out there because it, this is really, what we're really doing is we're describing their product, right? We're not saying that they're a bad company. I'm describing their policy. Yeah. Like we're just, the people that make policy. The people right. that you work with are not the people that right. dictate policy. Right, right, right. It's like whatever person decided that it was okay for this to happen someone made the decision or a group of people made the decision whoever made the decision should be held accountable like it's really really dishonest you know and it bothers me because they are the only game in town internet like nationally anyway i don't know about internationally but in this country you have to go through Ticketmaster. it's pretty much almost every venue you have to go through Ticketmaster if you want to get tickets like, and I don't really understand it because if I own a, if I'm a venue owner, I guess it makes it easier for me because I don't have to worry. Necess- I mean, what does Ticketmaster even do? Do they do the promotion of it? I mean, what are they even responsible and, and, and for? And this is something that I'm curious about. Um, and I do want to get back to Brony at some point because I think that's an excellent topic. Um, although it's a short topic, but, um, I, I, that's what I wonder, Wade, is that this whole strategy of holding back half the tickets like Gunnar was describing, whether or not it's half or it's a quarter of them or it's it's 50 of them, I don't know. But this whole idea of holding them back, I think of uh, the commercial that was on maybe 10 years ago, and it was uh, when Rice Krispie uh, was, was, was trying to get more people to buy their, their little candy bar thing, the Rice Krispie treat. And what they did is they started this campaign. It's the last one. And the the joke was is that there was a box of Rice Krispie treats at checkout, but there was only one left. And normally you could resist not getting a Rice Krispie treat. But if it was the last one, 
then, 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 then you might be losing your opportunity to go to Rice Krispie Treat and you're going to grab one. And I wonder if this, um, what was the, what was the program called? That, uh, for the trade reason, desk. The trade desk. Um, is, is this trade desk, is this something that Ticketmaster created strategically so that they could help control demand? Because, in, like you said, when these, when these events are really struggling, does it help the venues to have that sold-out banner well, five oh, days definitely. before yeah. the event starts? Yeah. Yeah. And then the scalpers can start bringing in the last of the revenue. Is it more of like this marketing effort that they're just trying to be part of that doesn't mean they're allowed to get a kickback <laughs> right. from the scalpers? Well, but... You know, this, is is this, this really like, something like reactive to get more people to go to shows and concerts? And so this is this is kind of just a big thing in entertainment in general right now because um I don't you know again kind of we go back to nerd things. So Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. it's a company owned by Hasbro, but they do they're the guys who basically are in charge of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Uh, they do Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. a couple other things. So um. They're, they've had a lot of issues where they're like cheaping out on products, stuff like that. Like they're, they're basic dumb fuck 101 errors, like printing books upside down and backwards. Mm-hmm. And the card the card quality has just been very crap. So their retail products are, the their quality retail of the product, retail products the re- are going it, down. It's, it's declined exponentially. Mm-hmm. But they also the problem is, is that they've been having massive issues with um, just sell-through. So like you know like they're 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 selling product for under MSRP, a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind losing of this, money. They're not making the profit margins they would expect on their product. The the quality of their products are going down. And is this the same company you talked about lost eight million dollars in revenue? So that, no, that's that's wizard that's Wizard World. But but you wait know, wait wait. So what was the so, Wizards so, of the Wizards Coast of the is what you're talking about? Okay, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So, go ahead. So no, okay, so Wizard World has its own thing because like they're like here we're gonna cancel all these conventions. We're gonna cancel five conventions and schedule eighteen new ones. And it's like uh, hold on guys, maybe we maybe we figure out why we're not fucking moving. But that's Wizard World, and this is Wizards of the Coast. This is Wizards of the Coast. So Wizards of the Coast is doing this whole thing where, like, um, there's this whole involved ecosystem of secondary resale. You know, and actually, it's it's kind of it's kind of the reverse of this. And like, you know, you have what they call the local game store. Right. So like, we have one in Anita called Mind Games that's been there for like forever. It's moved around a couple times. Shout out to Mind Games. Shout out to Mind Games. Shout out to Mind Games. It's the only, only place you can get whatever. I don't play any of those, but like, was it Warhammer? Is that a big one? Uh, I don't. I don't think he sells Warhammer, but he has a bunch. Of, you know, he has a bunch of trading cards, used video game consoles, that kind of. Well, because you know, part of it is they've had to diversify. Don't they like have the like a little basement area where you just people just play? Well, like they actually, hang it's out upstairs. and just play. Oh, it's upstairs. Yes. I haven't been there in a long, so, long like, time. So like the, 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 the local the local game store scene has been pretty good. fucking vicious. As a, comic shops in general. Yeah, it's got to be a tough you gotta, gig. You got to diversify. You got to diversify the fuck out of it. He sells a lot of used stuff to stay in business, yes, right? Yes, he does. Like he goes on, he auctions it off online just in order to keep his business afloat, right? Yes, and part of part of this too is that they've been like coming in these weirder and weirder fucking cartel deals, because he ended up actually having to be and so like basically there's these affiliate networks. So there's one called Channel Fireball, and one called Star City Games, and they're mm-hmm. basically the two movers and or you know like there's TC, TCG Player and stuff like that, but there are these networks of affiliates that basically they align each other into cartels. So that you can go and buy product, sell product, you know, like if you're buying singles, so they can control the, they can keep the price at a certain level. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is that Wizards have been having massive issues um, 
getting the the price you know getting the pricing on the for the primary market i.e when they fucking sell a box through a distributor to somebody when you say they're having trouble with the pricing like they don't know what to start msrp well, the, at i think well, it's no. the valuation like what they're valuing it at and what the market is valuing it at is so vastly different that they're taking well, because losses they, they, haven't, they haven't been they haven't been able to sell through so part right. of it is they've been they've been cutting down on print runs and stuff okay so you know and then there's a bunch of niche stuff where they, they've been cutting down on print runs and everything like that because there really is like some fucking weird there's some weird office shit going on at wizards in general and it's kind of you know like there's there's the whole i i I try to stick out of it because there's unfortunately some fucking social justice warrior stuff that gets tagged in there too and like there are people the company has kind of there's two challenge there's two primary challenges which is people don't have the fucking discretionary income to fucking survive right. the habit they're they're fucking scaling back so the problem is is that effectively they kind of have to keep chasing whales so they have to you know like there's this thing where they have to blow the price up of the product right to make it profitable but the, by the fact that they're blowing the price up they're cutting down the fucking actual buyer volume and so, they're not pulling new players in so i want to bring this in into like my perspective and okay. then and keep keep going yep. so like i've never bought any of these playing cards the closest thing that i can relate to is um my my children and some of their friends really really like the pokemon trading cards yes and when we go to the store um we'll go to often target is the spot because they have a really nice display of these pokemon cards Mm -hmm. and we usually have a price cap if it's like six dollars for a few cards we might let him get those cards but if it's one of those super mega packs right and it says on it like it's guaranteed to come with some card that he's wanted for a while yes but those are like higher price range right they're yep. like 15 16 26 dollars and it's they're really nice because they come with this like they come with uh this novelty card and i don't know if this is common now but it makes the product larger on the shelf so it's kind of smart but like what you'll do is you'll get you'll get your regular card but then you'll get a copy of it that's like that's like eight and a half by 11 it's like the size of a full piece of paper mm-hmm. and that novelty card like it makes the kids feel like they really got their money's worth out of this deck but as a consumer right i have to be very cautious i don't want to go and spend you know Twenty-five, fifty, a hundred dollars on on this thing. He's not even like he doesn't even really play the game. He's just collecting them. Yep. So when you're talking about um, Wizards of the Coast, is most of their money based on this card trading, or is there a whole bunch of other stuff? There are a lot of different well, reve- and, like ad revenues, but I'd say like the cards are probably mm-hmm. probably the most profitable. Would you say? Um, because it's like essentially a form Actually, of gambling. Tech, tech, well, yes, that, well, no, that, that's its own thing too. Um, but you can you can argue that. I actually think D and D and D is kind of carrying them at this point too, because that, 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 that's a that's a that's a pump that you know like that that had a huge upswing. So just a heads up. So role playing games like tabletop role playing like Dungeons and Dragons has had a resurgence specifically because of like YouTube and Twitch and like the internet. Okay. Okay. A lot of people playing. It's become a little bit less I mean when I used to play it was I was a fucking nerd. I'm still a nerd, but like there was like this stigma. You know yes, what I mean? Now yes. more people well, nerd now, culture is it's becoming, cool to be geek now though. What's that? Well, that it's cool to be right, geek. It is. Now. Like yeah, nerd culture helps, has come become mainstream, that, which is kind of nice. And they've tuned they've tuned it they've at least the fifth with fifth edition, I mean, there are problems, but it's very much based around a tabletop version of like playing like one of those online MMR 
like the pace and everything like that. So if you have a dungeon master or a game master who's really kind of on top of things, mm-hmm. any of the slowness is kind of you know like you know, the the pace the pace is there. So how did they be fix playing. that? It is it electronic now. How did they fix that? No, no. Um, so just so the, the you, rule sets they're optimized. Back back when I played Dungeons and Dragons, you had to essentially roll for everything. So okay. like and multiple dice for different things. Like there mm-hmm. was this thing called Thaco. And like your armor rating, well, that's, there's a that's lot of math involved. I suck at math, but while. I still liked it. Yeah, but like it was rolling for initiative. Like mm-hmm. you rolled for everything, and you had to do a lot of calculations. And it was a little more, um, as maybe even aspect. I wouldn't say scientific, but it was a little more technical. Mm-hmm. So it, was it kind of slowed game. the pace of the game down. It, it was it was still ba- it was still based on war game rolls versus whatever you want to fucking call the modern permutation. Right now, it's kind of like they forego a lot of those, mm-hmm. and it's kind of. The rules are becoming if then, and you only have to roll dice once in a while, or not nearly as frequently, and you don't have to really calculate as much. Is it easier for people to get involved? Too? Yeah, definitely. Yes. It's definitely more user friendly, no doubt. So it was I, the right like, move for basi- them. Basically, it's a yes. It's a yes no. You know, I mean, like there are numbers, but effectively, it's a yes no test on whether you pass a check to to do this thing. You know, like the the the, the, the player's not looking up stuff on the conversion table. It's all it's all optimized for the game master to be like, hey. Did this person successfully beat this challenge? What the fuck am I going to throw at them if they don't? So, like, if I want to crash one of these uh, Dungeons and Dragons games, I would be able to sit down and within a short amount of time, I would be able to play. Yeah, you'd probably be able to play right away. Yeah. So, so they fixed that from a consumer perspective, but it sounds like what you're saying is they still are making price mistakes. Well, not with the D and D stuff. Not with D and D, and it's because to get the one thing that has not changed. Mm-hmm. If you want to truly get into D and D, there are things you have to have. You have to have a player either book. you or someone else you, has, you, has to have you, a player's you, handbook. Generally, it's you know, it's just kind of kosher if you're going to do it more than once you have your own fucking copy of the player's handbook because yeah. it gets it gets mm-hmm. so the player's handbook essentially is the rules what uh-huh. you can and cannot do these are the rules well mm-hmm. you know and even even that like fifth edition especially um oh so the edition is what fixes some of the gameplay well, so, yeah, so, yes. like, so, yeah. so uh, do people well, still play the older editions because they like well, it well actually yes because yeah. there 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 are different games so actually there's kind of there's a whole thing there's a whole separate game called Pathfinder mhm which is derived from uh, 3.5. So oh. there was 3.0 was the one that they basically got rid of Thaco and they did the rebirth. You know, that was after that was after Wizards of the Coast bought D and D from TSR. Oh. So 3.0 was the first new rule set. You know, like they fixed a bunch of stuff. Those are all my you know, like all my books that I bought originally were third edition, mm-hmm. and then they did some revisions to it, which had they had 3.5. Um, Wizards kept making more changes, and people kind of got uh, you know like there are some people who didn't feel that that was flavor appropriate because they were trying to make it more like a video game. Of course, right. So, but the three five the haters going to hate. Well, the three five rules were also um, <laughs> <laughs> really. Yeah, I don't like the newer stuff. I like the old stuff. Like, you, do, do you do you like find yourself like agreeing to play the older one, or do you just kind of go along with it? No, I like when I played online with um, Will and uh, Gunner and Mike and Ken. Ken played once. Um, well, we played Pathfinder, which okay. was like so. You chose the older, and maybe it's because I'm more familiar with it. But I also oh. like the, I, I don't know. I like the the technical aspect of it, like okay. being able to. You know, there's a lot of stuff that they pruned out in fifth edition because it would slow down. You know, like if if you weren't, if everybody wasn't on top of things, 
it would slow the game down. Yeah, and, and it's it's smart, right? I mean, whether or not the 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 hard the, the true hardcore original fan base is in favor of it, if it sells more cards and it gets more people playing, then more people are eventually going to drift to the older versions of the handbook. So it really is a win-win, right? Yeah, it's like smart true hardcore fans of it, the people that really like the core aspect of it will delve into those older books. The sad fact is, though, they're going to get into Pathfinder and they're not going to be into Dungeons & Dragons anymore because that older stuff isn't really available anymore. Well, oh. you know, but it's 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 also that Pathfinder has its own. Pathfinder's, Pathfinder's weird... But um. But everyone makes money, I guess, right? Pathfinder well, makes pa- money, and D and D makes pa- money. Pathfinder Pathfinder is only possible because uh, up until up until four zero, uh, Wizards of the Coast open sourced the rule sets, so other people could make games based on what they call the D twenty system, which was that, that this is this is our conversion table. You know, these are our conversion tables. Sure. You want to make a fucking sci fi RPG or something like yeah, that, yeah, or an office job it. one. So so let's go back because right. um, I want you to finish the point. The, ma- the magic thing. Um, if that's what the point you're getting to, yes. yeah, all you were saying was that you were kind of explaining about how they, they screwed up their pricing. So tell us more about that. So um, what what has been coming out is that um, for a while, what was making them their bread and butter was that they had these premium products. So you have your normal sets, which are like $120, $140 a box. Yeah, unfortunately, fuck. which were unfortunately dropping to seventy dollars because they didn't like, like one. They either overprinted them relative to the actual market demand, because they had to, they had to supply them to they had to go through a distributor to do the local game store thing, and stock would just sit and they'd fucking drop the price down and everybody would lose their ass. So so what what were you buying for a hundred and twenty dollars? You're buying uh, essentially. We're talking about. Magic cards, correct? I'm talking about a box. So basically, it's a booster box, which is 36 packs. 36 packs of cards? Yes. Um, and how many cards in each pack? Maybe 10, 15? So 15. Yeah, 15, that's it. Okay, so you're getting a ton of cards. Well, yes, but you know, and it, but it's also it's also effectively, it's it's kind of a lottery thing because you have, sure, sure. You have like maybe two. It's, I like, had, it's like buying I a, blind boxes, yeah, right? I, I, mean, I, had a, I had a freak box where, um, and again, like I, I feel kind of bad because I cracked it because I should have I should have saved it because like. What do you, you mean you cracked a box? So basically, I, I popped the box open. I cracked all the booster packs in it, and like I by cracking I, it, you mean you opened up open, the packages op, open, that yes that you should have opened because you bought the product. Well, no, but the thing is, is that part, what people will do is also just buy booster boxes and sit on them and sit on them, sure. And because the price will the price will appreciate over time, right? Because those cards are probably yes a limited availability of certain certain cards. Yes, you knew only certain cards were available during certain times, right? Yes, and and it's also like depending on the print, you know, like they'll do reprints and stuff like that but there's also stuff where they get if it's un if it's unopened it means that it's less likely to be a counterfeit so implicitly you know it's kind of like it's like if it's unopened and untampered with then anything they pull from this is more likely to be verifiable is is legitimate so this box of three four hundred cards right how big are these boxes? I mean, it's like you at that point are you like talking a, like a shoe yay, box yay big I mean it's like it's like a, it's it's like maybe uh one and a half times size cigar box. Okay, so you got this box jam packed with cards. the The market value for it um, has historically been one hundred and sixty, or is it a newer? One hundred twenty. You know, like it goes a little bit up over time, but you know, like they'll they'll, they'll MSRP it at that 
or 110. And, and it always has been. Well, no, because it's gone up over time. Okay. Yeah, it used is, to be, is, I is, think, is, like 85 when we yeah, were. Yeah, 85. You'll get, you know, like, like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of flat, you know, like there's a, there's a steady graph. And is it because the demand for this game has gone down, or is it because the quality of the product? Is it both? Like, what mistake did they make? So the, the so they the prices had to go up, but the actual demand for the product has not. So what they do? The, well, they they would they would boot they would bump the MSRP up. Why did it have to go up? Um, just because of the, the decreased value of the fucking dollar. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, inflation and stuff. You can't pay the guy. You can't pay the guy at the print shop what you did. 20 you years know, and, ago. But part, part of so it, is this like Netflix deciding that instead of increasing their prices like 10 cents every couple of months, they're going to bump it up a few dollars after a couple of years? This was the point where they had to increase it? Well, you, you, can, you can also say that part of, part of it too is that like Hasbro is doing weird stuff, I think, in an attempt to get ready to – like they might be trying to get them ready to be sold. So, so Hasbro they're, owns they're up. the Wizards of the Coast? Yes. Okay. And – Hasbro, Hasbro took so part of, part of the problem too is that Hasbro took a bath because when fucking Toys R Us closed, basically it wiped out forty to fifty percent of their their available toy pipeline. To, well, not oh, just the pipeline; it's their fucking. They had to write off that fucking inventory. Yeah, because it fucking it, it, it cratered the pricing on it because all of a sudden they had this huge fucking stock of product right. that came back into the chain. That's like you know they're they're either gonna have to fucking fire sale it. Or take a loss on it because Toys R Us is not going to be able to fucking pay for it. Okay, so they got these boxes out there. I'm 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 starting to lose the the original point. So bring us back. So so your your ticket master, your stuff like this. So you're pricing, yep. you're pricing. So you know, like again, you're trying to kind of context this, and it, it it it's these things where like fucking things just go. You you have this period, like the the threshold between fucking riches beyond avarice. And financial disaster is so fucking small in, in like these entertainment things. So you have this whole interconnected network of people that sell stuff. So you have, like Ticketmaster, you have a venue that you're dealing through your, your third part. You know, you, you have your you have the venue, which is reselling to Ticketmaster, who's using Ticketmaster as their primary distribution agent, which is using these third party agents to go out and fucking buy tickets and hit the, the ticket man because really. The thing is, is that you can argue that effectively, if people are buying at the scalp price, Ticketmaster is not pricing realistically what the ticket is worth. That's an interesting perspective. But so to go back to the the Hasbro Wizards of the Coast thing, could they learn a little bit from well, Ticketmaster well, strategy? So, so because here's, Ticketmaster's not like going under or hurting. No, I mean, no. they may have a PR problem right now, but they're still selling, right? Well, so this, so this is where this is going, and I get there. There is a point to this story. Mm-hmm. So you have this whole third-party ecosystem of distributors, local game stores. Um, you know, like there's some deals where there's there's there, there's other distributors that basically. So the 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 the, the single parties, local game stores, have been having catastrophic issues because Wizards has been kind of fucking eating it. You know, like cutting off all the stuff that would drive people to the local game store which is why they fucking started these cartels with like total uh trading card game tcg channel fireball star city games all this stuff they've been moving more and more product that used to be exclusively at local game stores into walmart and target oh so at the start at like at the start of the month wizards made an announcement their next premium product is not going to any distributor 
to Walmart you to, exclusive. No, you have to buy it directly from them. Oh, so now they have and cut now, out yeah, the venue, essentially. They've, they've restructured that deal, so all of their ordering servicing is being done through Amazon. So oh. they have completely cut out the game store and distributor network. Wow. So, and their new product, they're trying to set a new box price of $260. Holy fuck. And that is the only way that you can fucking get it. Here's my deal, though. If they're failing and they're, they're struggling so hard, they have to do something. They have to do something. Well, no, yeah. yeah, so, you know, like, you know, there's, this whole, there's this whole thing. But, yeah, it, it's, it's the fucking product pipelines are, sh- are shriveling up. But, yes, is that uh, effectively this is the move that buries. Buries that or saves. Fucking, you well, know, well, it, it may save them, but it buries this whole other fucking wing of business. And it's like you have, like, the fucking speculators and guys who fucking basically like make money by investing so in landlords financial landlords yeah. essentially right so, so i have a little bit of insight into the price increasing um i'll make this short because i think wade has a point too and i want to get to bronies still um so when i started my night job i sell computer software and when i started sell when i started the company um my my older brother light is a business partner of mine and we came to a price we just pulled it out of thin air for the software we decided that the software was going to cost 100 dollars to use it for one year now this is business software so these businesses can generally afford that hundred dollar price tag and it wasn't going to be a problem after light and i crawled through all of the bullshit it came to forming a company we realized that we invested a ton of our time and our money, and we decided that $100 was not enough. So we ended up launching our product instead of at $100 at $300, right? Well, that was the initial price, right? So that was kind of, kind of testing the market. The market responded very well to $300, but as Light and I were spending more time towards the company, we realized that we weren't making enough profit ourselves on that. We were making profit, but we didn't feel like we were making enough. In one year, we brought the price from $300 up to $400. I would say two or three years into the business, we did this. And worldwide, we have, you know, let's say, let's say three or 400 clients. Out of those three or 400 clients, you know how many of them were upset with our price being increased 33.3%? Five, maybe four. It was like 1% of them. Yeah. They did not care. And it makes me wonder if this is the right move. What's interesting about this move, though, is the pricing that you just spoke about, Gunner, is they were selling it. If it was, if it was on retail, if it was MSRP for 160 right then they were selling it to the reset to the people that were reselling it for something like 100 or 130 yes. so now they've doubled the cost of what they were selling it for and they're taking paid. all of the profits yes no and this, this so is so this could be the best fucking move for them because this is what light and i learned because we had a lot of people um before we raised the price we had a lot of people that wanted us to offer a lower tier. And Light and I crunched the numbers. And what we realized was, if we were to make our price 25% of what it was, then we needed four times as much sales. However, if you double the price, you can live with half the amount of sales. And it's fucked up because you're kind of screwing the consumer, but it's like the whole EpiPen problem, right? Yep. If the consumer really cares that much, they're going to spend the money. 
So this, you like you say, it could sink them, but this could save them. Well, no, I'm not this saying could be the not, smartest no, no, decision I mean, like, that I'm they've saying, made. I'm, uh, Wizards is Wizards is fine. Everybody else is fucked. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's a little bit different, be, and I say it's a little bit different. I mean, because the up and pen thing is a little. Yeah, the up and pen thing is a little different because that's like deliberate. Well, I hope you like breathing. <laughs> yeah, but what about remember when cigarettes spiked in price? Oh yeah, because of the the litigation and the taxation and stuff like that on it, right? Yeah, so the consumer was screwed. They were paying like I don't know three times the amount for a pack of cigarettes, and the consumers eventually just accepted the new price, or they all shuffled to the industry that was that was that was priced lower to begin with, Basically. so they weren't as impacted as much by the taxing. So like you know, I remember Marlboro, like it was like overnight Marlboro got replaced with Seneca. For all the smokers in our yeah. area, and it's because Seneca was the cheapest. My, and people simply couldn't afford to smoke Marlboros anymore. With this model, it's a little bit different than Ticketmaster because if the comic book shops had been able to sell through the stuff, then this wouldn't even be an issue. But they couldn't. Right. So take them out. If they if they can't if they can't do their job and sell the shit, mm-hmm. then then we're going to sell the shit. We're just going to sell it directly. I get that. Ticketmaster isn't really providing anything that a local venue couldn't do where they sta- high, where they staffed higher. Then I guess you beg the, the question, well, then would the tickets be more expensive because they kind of need more ticket agents in there to organize this and keep it all, you know, functioning. And maybe that would be the case. But would it be 50% more? I don't really know. And you know what? I'd rather give 50% more of my money to a local like the Callet or like the Movieplex or whatever than to Ticketmaster for literally just stamping their name on a website yeah what's weird about Ticketmaster is they're marking up a product they didn't price to begin with right like it's it's one thing that they're gonna they're, they're gonna throw the $15 fee on top of the ticket it's another thing when they're going to throw yet another fee on top of that for the resellers and then allow the seller the resellers to sell it at yet a higher price than what it was originally offered for it's super dirty like just super super dirty but the the, the fact is I don't know if anything is gonna happen I think people are going to forget about this in six to eight months. Well, they pay people. I mean, like yeah. the, the, the problem is that the fucking their, their their profit ratio is so fucking ridiculous that they can fucking they can just pay to not have legislation dealt with deal with it. You know, Magic's an interesting one because I don't I I don't know enough about the game to understand what type of demand it would it would have. I think about your kids and Pokemon cards, and just think about that and apply it to adults. Well, but, but it's also, but also, one of the one of the things is that effectively, um, so this gets this gets into this gets into it too is that magic has massive systemic problems where it used to be you know like there was a whole organized tournament scene they have the fucking grand prix there were cash prizes mm-hmm. you know like actual decent money on the line mm-hmm. and part of it is that there's just been kind of this precipitous drop. And the actual numbers of players that attend these events, and it's kind of you know like this is this Wizard World thing where it's one. It's nice to say that like you went to a con and I played in a tournament and stuff like that, but it, you know like the, the the cost the cost to do that is a percentage of your actual income. Never right. mind the fucking cost to get in the door because I have to I have to spend eight hundred dollars to build a fucking competitive deck. Well, then can't you say can't you say? Fuck Wizards of the Coast. They should stop trying to sell this. Well, no, no, so, so, no, but like, no. But can't they, you they, say that, that that they're naive for even 
even trying to continue to make a profit off of a product where the demand well, is dropping? Part part of this too is that uh, effectively, you know, like this deal, like there 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 there's there's warring forces, which is that part of it is. You know, all the collectible card games have been going digital. I mean, like right. you have Yu-Gi-Oh right. and stuff like that. But everybody, you know, like you have fucking Battle or what? What the, what the fuck is the World of Warcraft one? Oh, um, uh, uh I don't know. You you got me. But you know, you, you say- know, but the, the, but the, you know, there's the on, there's the online ones, and w- ma- Magic for the or Wizards for the longest time has not had a competitive product in that space. Well, yeah, I mean, you say it's like Pokemon, but part of me thinks it's nothing like Pokemon because I don't see kids wearing Magic the Gathering t-shirts. Well, it's a different market, and they're they're going, you know, like the, the transaction but cost is not only is a different market, Gunner, though, but it's a much 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 smaller market, right? It is. It is, at least the way that I'm perceiving it, because I see adults and children consuming, you know, like like Pokemon. They have TV shows. Yep. They have Nintendo games. There's so much branding and marketing out there. When uh, when we went to the state fair, all my kids wanted was a Pikachu that was the size of the room. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that could have made their day greater than that. And it's not just the kids that come home wanting more Pokemon merchandise. It's all the kids that they walk by and make jealous because they won the fucking huge Pikachu, right? So how does, you know, if what you're saying is correct, and I don't know that that market, so, so I'm just talking pure speculatively, but if what you're saying is correct and Magic the Gathering is is really you know struggling to keep interest and to competitively price their product then aren't they kind of doing this to themselves and maybe that's what no, you're there, saying there, there, there is that but you know part part of this too is that like they're rather than so there, there's two ways that that business goes you know and they like kind of like that we're freaking um you, Ticketmaster, you can say that they're fucking scumbag colluders or whatever, but like the, the the whole trade desk thing is if Ticketmaster is not allowed to sell a ticket for what the price that they, they that it's actually worth, then right. they had to create the secondary they service to, to go this, fucking yes. jump bump the price up. Sure. Um, yeah, but Ticketmaster they, isn't providing any service really. Like well, they're not performing. They aren't doing the upkeep on the venue. They're well, literally no, but, just the wait, website you go to to wait, secure the tickets. Well, well, no, but wait. And I, I guess the thing is, is that we're, we're, we're you, you make the. I got. I, I know this is a weird. This is a weird position to take, but effectively, we live in a time where, like I say, we go back to Magic the Gathering. I can print better cards at home. Yeah. Than the ones that are coming in the fucking pack. Right, and that's the you know like you talk about what's the fucking value and then what's the fucking value of having this physical artifact? But it, but isn't, other than the, other than isn't but isn't Ticketmaster subject to the same type of problem? Because uh, first of all, a physical ticket eventually is going to go away. Yes, right, because there's going to be other ways. There's going well, to be electronic and ways. And why the hell do you have ticket? Why the fuck do you need Ticketmaster if you have a common? If, I mean, like other other than if they provide some application that if you, saves you work. Yeah, if you hail a taxi, right, and the taxi is is like manually processing that transaction, they're running a, a meter that's sitting on their dashboard. Or if you call a Lyft or an Uber, and they do it, the price is pretty similar, right? Because there, first of all, there's competition in the market, so that's very nice, but. It's not like that Lyft, that Lyft driver is 
doubling the price of your ride just because of the Lyft name. Right. And it's not like the Lyft driver is saying, oh, well, you know what? Um, you happened to call me during a, a high volume time. So we're going to take advantage of this situation and we're going we're gonna to force you to go through a Lyft reseller. And the Lyft reseller is going to charge you three times the cost of the Lyft. You know, and oh, and by the way, that reseller, um, we forced them to give us a kickback as well, right? I mean, this is, um, it, it seems like Ticketmaster as a, as a business model needs to lower their, their fees. They need to learn a little bit from the Ubers of the world. And the, the bad PR is probably the last thing that should be happening to them. But do we have a fucking choice? That's the problem. There's no competition. When there's no competition, stuff like this happens. Because you can't go really anywhere else. There's no realistic competition in this arena. And that's I think that's a continuing factor. When there's no competition, there's no thriving, there's no struggle, and there's no progress. Capitalism would always dis- ultimately destroy itself. Bronies. Bronies. Capitalism will always ultimately destroy itself. From what I understand, bronies are all about the ponies. Brony, bronies are bronies are all about the imaginary cartoon friendship horses and their magical adventures. So do you want to talk about and why there's a negative stigma towards them? I, I think it's a great way to end the podcast, although I don't like ending on a negative note. Um, I, I, I'm, I've, met, I've I'm, met some bronies, and they're very nice people. It's unfor- it's unfortunate that it's it's a fandom being slowly invaded by fucking like men's right activist and fucking white supremacist, but that's okay. The bronies? Yes. There's a whole thing. Well, because again, it's it's this it's this it's 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 an implicit artifact. So like, kind of looping back around to the start of the counter, it's start of the fucking start of the fucking podcast. I almost, I actually finished saying that. I was impressed. So much like. How Linux, you know, the Linux, the Linux um, admin, admin board was structured around a certain a certain management style that's not conducive to social norms for certain people. I.e., you know, you got to be a fucking belligerent. You got to be a fucking belligerent big dick asshole to fucking make your way through it. And if a, if a lady does that, they're you know, like it, it's double plus. Like I'm not going to listen to you, and you're also a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. So you have people who are ostracized to a certain extent, like finding, hey, there's this inclusive thing, and it's also like it, it's you know like any any of these alternative fandoms are kind of very much prone to this, where it's like, hey, I know you're feeling isolated, stuff like that, your friends. Oh, by the way, here's also why you're feeling isolated, and it's like, okay, yeah, you're you're being, you're, you're like you know you're you're reinforcing this. And it's like, and then it goes from like, hey, you know, we're being friends and those fucking Jews. And it's just, you know, it, it, it just, it fucking go, it just fucking spiral. And the thing is, it's a fucking script. You can see it. There's a fucking, te- there so, are textbooks on how to fucking do this. So, so, so what you're saying is it's, it's like a praying ground for yes. recruitment. Yes. They, they, okay. will, they, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of, you know, again, they're, they're it, just susceptible types of it's how the yes. It's how the skinhead movement got such traction. In, in like punk. Oregon and like well, yeah, the just, punk it's scene. It's how the like fucking it, punk scene in like the, the punk 80s scene and 90s. became like fucking infested with. You know, it's like these scrawny kind of white kids that. It's never didn't mind really that I, I, don't, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I don't fit in and everything is wrong, and it's like oh by the way here's an explanation of why everything <coughs> is wrong and I don't think you're wrong. So and let's it's like 
let's rewind and tell Sorry. tell what a brony is. Okay, so a brony is a dude that is into My Little Ponies. Well, I mean, like there are, there are not there are non dude bronies, but it's 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 effectively it's effectively, you know, the joke is bro, but really more it's an adult it's an adult it's fan adult. of a show of yeah. a show. In a universe that was originally pitched for children's <coughs> children, I don't think it's bronies, but I do understand why some parents might be uncomfortable with a portion of grown men being into the same thing that their daughters are, for the most part, are into, or even just their kids in general are kind of into. It, and so, what I? Oh my gosh, it's the first picture result when you look up a brony. Um, Rainbow Dash. Yeah, it's a guy with with like a. Like a really poorly trimmed neck goatee beard. with a rainbow wig on, and he has, little, a bit, he has a bit of he has a bit of a neck beard going on. <coughs> He's got some wings on the back and little, um, I don't know, horse ears. But uh, but w- what's interesting about about a brony is it's not just the My Little Pony fan base; it's a very specific genre of My Little Pony, and it's the uh-huh. friendship is magic. In the friendship is magic is, excuse me, the friendship is magic is the uh, the version of My Little Pony where they have the really really interesting cutesy faces. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's they all, almost it, look like an anime character. Like well, it's, all, it's, it's it's all done in it's all yeah, flash it's like chibi well, style. It, it's actually it's intrinsic to how they make it too because it's all a flash cartoon. Right, but like like you know we grew up with. Not necessarily with our own My Little Ponies, but we grew up with My Little Pony, the show, and they didn't look like that. Right, they just we, had normal we grew, eyes. We grew up through, gen- yes, listen, as I fucking know my Hasbro history, we grew up through generation one through three. And it's funny because there's like, there's like, pro, you know, because there was the 80s one, because my sister was super big into that, and he had the sea, the sea ponies and all that fucking stuff. He had your power hour, so it was like, here's Transformers. Here's my little pony. Yeah, that was here's always kind of like a here's star. Here's Rainbow Bright. Here's, here's the Cobots, and here's Jim. So, so I I both love and and also creeped out by this whole concept. So, the reason that I love it is for its obvious reasons. That whenever you have a breakout genre, people that were like closeted about something, something that they all just liked, but nobody was willing to come forth with it. As long as it's not illegal. And by illegal, I mean like gross illegal. As long as it's not gross illegal, um, it's really interesting. It's interesting to see a market come out of nowhere, and that's really what happened here, right? That um, so who 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 makes My Little Pony? So that's Hasbro. That's Hasbro as well. <laughs> um, so they they didn't really know that they had a market for non. Like first of all, they're not children, and second of all, My Little Pony, especially the the friendship is magic. Um, most people would consider it a female themed TV show. Well, you know, that's that's a fair statement. And meanwhile, like you look up, if you just do a Google image search for Brony, you see this guy. Um, I'm looking at this guy. It's actually, it's it's funny he looks that you like say he's, that because there's kind of some overlap in that too. So. Um, I don't know if you remember Jem 
from yes. the the eighties. Well, because they I've the, watched I, it with ID, my daughter, I, well, so I know exactly what you're talking ID, about. Well, actually, I, I don't know if they did. They, did they do another cartoon? Because I know they had the IDW had the comic. There's a movie they came out with. Well, there's the recently. horrible fucking movie. I watched the I watched the syndicated TV shows are on Netflix. Yes, and you can go back and watch them like you could watch like like it's old so GI fun. Joes. That's, that sh- that show is so fucking weird. It's it's a weird show. I mean, it's got the glam to it, but underneath yes. the covers, it's more like like this GI Joe where you got the good. The I'm so, talking the, too loud. The, the we got the good versus thing. evil. Yes. Well, no, but but so um, there's a comic company by the name of IDW that did a lot of does a lot of licensed stuff for Hasbro, and there's problems with that, and they lost the license for all their stuff, and we'll see how that fucking goes. But it was weird because they, aside from like, so they do the My Little Pony comic, they do Transformers, they do a GI Joe, and they came out with the Gem series. And what was what was weird about it was that the Gem series actually demographically sold better with men than really? women. And it was it was a female oriented comic originally. Mm-hmm. That was how it was pitched. And it wasn't like weird you know, as I make the as I make the motion stuff. Like it just No, but like just and, and that's, the, what, the, but that's the, what we're the, scared the, of, right? The, 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 yes. That's the, what we're scared of. We're scared of adult men masturbating to young looking child looking ponies yeah i think they're, they're right? afraid we're afraid of we're afraid that we're encouraging pedophilia men and adults yes but in reality what it actually is it's, is it's exactly the way the market should always have been right yes. and like last last episode we talked about um the the uh glow right yeah. yes it shouldn't be a girl only audience well, that, the thing—it's the thing this that, strange conditioning the that we've that had, tanked, where it's not cool to like something that's targeted at females. Well, and the thing that tanked Glow ultimately was that, like, they had fucking people that actually could have put on a real fucking wrestling promotion, and they just kept, you know, like, WWE has the same fucking problem where they keep tanking the fucking, you know, TNA, mm-hmm. where it's like, like TNA had this, uh, you know, again, it's like the wrestlers and stuff like that. You hear the fucking, this is making sausage, but the writers and stuff. So TNA had this division they called the the knockouts and yes the, the the name the name was actually a fucking prank by the writer on the guy who started the company and it fucked them over ultimately in the end because every time they tried to have a serious fucking conversation with the sponsor you're three like, levels deep into inception right now bring yourself back up. all right so <laughs> tna had a ladies division that they called the knockouts mm-hmm. but the thing was is that the knockouts actually had like real like it was like real old school wrestling not like ecw but like it was an actual legit like they like did greco roman like, no no but i mean like so, legitimate so, athletes not just like oh they're hot look we're having oh, okay. a we're having a brawn fucking panties match or right, something sure, like that you know sure, like they yeah. were they like were legitimate actually, wrestlers they were doing they were doing work in the ring because like there mm-hmm. there is there is a whole thing like you know whether whether you get into it or not there is you know, like there's the ECW style of wrestling, which is the fucking outlaw. I'm, ba- I'm bashing fucking light tubes over your head right. and beating you with a chair or a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. And people are fucking crippling themselves to do this stuff. But then there's the whole like fucking, you know, like the old school stuff, the psychology where it's like we're having a fucking, you know, it used to be like now it's the average time of a match is something like three to four minutes. And you'd have epic ones like that people fucking talk about that were 60 minutes long because they're going through the entire fucking arena going back. And these guys are like, it's not like these guys are laying down and fucking catching their breath. It was this whole fucking like play that, you know, like this psychopomp that played out over the course of this thing. And, you know, like Glow had a lot of performers in that group that were of that same athletic ability. And it was like they kept, they kept trying to fucking bury them because it's like, no, it's supposed to be a joke. And that, you know, like that, that, that. That thing, but yes, you know, you talk about people that were enthused, 
and it's in, instead of letting that be what it is, and it's like, oh fuck, this is getting the this is getting super ratings. It's like, well, that's not what I know how. You know, like you get people who say like, that's not what I know how to do. So I will bury this and make it the thing that I know how to manage. It, it's it's a lack of comfort, and ultimately, maybe it's a lack of comfort yeah. with masculinity well, in yes, society. Has, 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 why well, I has, love the topic because it really exposes the fact that part of the reason that you know let's say women's basketball for example part of the reason why women's basketball is 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 not as successful as men's basketball <clears throat> could very well be the stigma associated with liking it i think if they lowered the rims it would be better i think men's basketball athletics it can kind of be tough wrestling's a little different mm-hmm. um because it's all scaled right like basketball it's a, it's a bit different but isn't this? I mean, because how's it just significantly than, better athletes. How's it different than NASCAR versus Indy? Right. Well, actually, this is you can big, have different talk, classes of car. Oh, you, you're, you're right. Sh- though maybe the rim needs to be lowered because you want to see these girls. Want to see them dunk. You know, right. you want to see Indy, more action. Indy and NASCAR have the same fucking problem, where it's like NASCAR is suffering this catastrophic like collapse of its audience because the fucking you know like their their decision was that they expanded out. So they they they're going to expand, and the way that they expanded was they brought the same fucking races that they had down south, out west, and in the middle of America. And the problem is, is they made the same fucking track. So it's just guys circling, in a, driving in a fucking circle, 400, you know, because it was cheap. It was what they knew how to manage. And meanwhile, like, if you actually look at the fucking ratings and stuff like that, the biggest races, besides the Daytona, you know, like the fucking name one, like the Daytona 500, is... Doing fucking road courses like what can like where there's a like there's fucking competition. It's not guys like they're waiting for fucking cars to crash and stuff like, you know. It's like they went they went with the stuff they went with the fucking stereotype instead of like okay people are people are watching this for a way that's different than what we originally intended, and we're getting more pop off of this thing this different thing like has you know like Hasbro Hasbro has been deliberately trying to kind of force the brony thing out and inst- you know like because it's they don't know how to ma- they don't how to they, they don't know how to manage or monetize that it's a strange they're, thing. A toy, they're a toy company with they're masculinity comes insecurity to, that there's it's always or that. challenge me you know but, but actually this goes back to that, that that this goes back to that linux thing is that the way that you fucking the, the way that you fucking achieve status is challenge right and, and frankly and that's you can't, you can't you can't not challenge right, otherwise you're a fucking wuss there's good with the bad but you do have to evolve eventually like so that's glow is in my opinion is a perfect example they're just girls we couldn't possibly put them on because wait a minute let's follow that down the road it's fucking scary for a man wait wait women's wrestling is more popular than men's wrestling now like legitimate women's wrestling not like this like yes. you know sexual objectification thing mm-hmm we they actually have the power now. Like right. we want to watch them actually compete and wrestle. It's fucking scary for a guy that's been in charge of of the show. His daddy's been in charge of the show. His granddaddy's been in charge of the show. It's scary to, for them to conceptualize that because they don't know what's going to happen right. down the road to their power. Because you know they what I mean, I, 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 managers manage what they know, and they man- right. they they manage to know very little. So I, I, more I, I'm kind of glad that we talked about this because it kind of opened my eyes a little bit more to like the brony type of thing because. I mean, I don't have a problem with them if that's what you're into, but I kind of understood like, well, maybe they're worried about grown adults, but it's like, what should you really be worried about that? Like, yeah, there's always going to be scumbags, right? But like for the most part, well, like I've, I, you know, I've realized over the years, there's certain patterns that I, I like one pattern that I really like as a male 
right? As an adult male, I really <laughs> like floral patterns on fabric. And I like them for a few different reasons. One of the reasons is, is it reminds me a lot of a, of a computer-generated fractal. A lot of them have spirals in them, and I really like them. I also like the way that they look from a distance, and I think that they look good. I think that they look, they look classy. If I see a man or woman out, and they have certain types of floral patterns on their clothing, I actually like the way that it looks. Now, part of this could be that as, you know, fucking, as a, as a, um, evolved version of a mammal that 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 the flower represented something whether it was food or whether it was prosperity you know and that evolution has made me like that shape um but it makes me wonder like how many and you you, you mentioned the term insecure right there's a couple you can be insecure of a market you can be insecure about how you feel about something, right? Ultimately, so, that's what it boils down to, right? So you could have those those managers of the wrestlers be insecure about the market being taken over, or they could actually be insecure about themselves liking it. Well, I, th- I definitely think that like played into it. They were just like, they're like, this is good. Wait a minute, like, but e- I feel weird. Good, I don't feel like, like a man. Watching yeah, like this. what's like who's in charge? Like who's in charge now? I'm supposed. To, I'm the man. I'm supposed to be in charge. Like I think that's kind of what the mindset that kind of has been. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I think it's probably challenging. You know what I mean? It's very challenging to 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 some males to have a female or woman in charge. I Me, mean, I don't care. I was raised by females, so there was always a woman in charge. I Me, mean, my grandfather were outnumbered. But like. If you look at if you if you were to go to work and you were to wear a purple or a pink button up shirt, you you would definitely have some dudes, a couple dudes harassing you, right? Yeah, probably. However, if you were to go to shirt to to, to go to work, and you were wearing those colors, but they were made up of weird stubby nose My Little Ponies. Oh, you'd be crucified. It, yeah, I mean, people you might be, actually you might actually be in trouble for some reason. Yeah, like you might actually they would might, be like they would be they wouldn't even want to talk to you. They're like, what the right. fuck is he wearing? Yeah, and this is why I really like the topic of Brony because it really starts to question like number one, what do we really want to do if we take some of the social norms out of the equation? Would we, you know, would men dress in pink and women dress in blue well, if there weren't used, this pink strange? Used to be, pink used to be a male power color. Exactly. Up until up until the fucking end of, or the end of World War One or something like that. Like it, for the longest time, that was that was that was the dude color. Blue was, blue was a lady's color. Right. You know, is is this just something that that we instinctively like but that but the social norms are making it very difficult for us to like like. yeah i remember how much how much much of it is fucking it's the coca-cola santa claus problem our depiction of santa claus is in the intellectual property of coca-cola because it's a fucking ad copy thing like they if you go back traditionally santa claus does not look like santa you know it's like white jesus Uh, there's a fucking controversy moment but it's like it's just it's a it's it's an advertising depiction it's not like any fucking thing based on you know what white jesus is a really good (laughs) (laughs) yeah white jesus is really a really good example oh my gosh whenever anybody thinks of jesus they think of white jesus but it's so obvious jesus could not have been white at least not that white not even close But it's an ad, you know, it's, 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 this, it's, this, it, you know, because it's, it's immediately, it doesn't matter how much you fucking know, how much you fucking think. It's, it's just, this is the cultural iconography that's been fucking programmed into you. Oh my gosh. 
And um, it's it's deeper than that, right? Like you do have to take into effect, into effect we're the only mammals on the planet with the high this high of cognition, right? So we're essentially computers, but we're still hardwired into chassis. Yeah. And we can't explain or understand everything with our biology and how it affects our psychology. Well, no, but so, isn't so, so, it interesting though? And I'm sorry, I'm talking sorry, over no, you. Right. Um, isn't it interesting though that like like so many adult males and some of them are not male, um, but isn't it interesting that so many adult males that all had a shared interest? There was enough of them worldwide to hold huge conventions for for something that wasn't targeted at them how crazy is it that that market not only exists but that we can still talk about it with a negative stigma and nobody listening is thinking oh yeah that's not creepy it's there's something strange about it in the back of our head there's something strange about men gathering with these stubby nose um ponies so here's the thing is this is this one of those like unique internet only allowable sociological phenomenon? Like you know, like you have you always have your outliers is. things like but you know like I the fact the fact that you have like fucking mediums where you can communicate quickly. And I mean and the, the, internet. The, 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 the the tools the tools to produce work you know, like b- relating to this fandom. I mean that's the power of the so internet, exp- right? Exponentially. I think that's why why you see a think geek in every major mall now. The power of the internet is to bring out these these like to get people together that normally wouldn't have talked, right? Because if you just if you're walking around the street, you might not be able to uh, strike up a conversation with somebody about. Um, you know, a, about Obi Wan Kenobi or something like that. Um, although Star Wars is probably a bad example because most yeah, people that's know probably Star the Wars. most commercially accepted like sci-fi franchise or whatever. But like like, um, like One Punch Man, for example, right? Yeah, probably a good example. Um, I was in. I wouldn't have known if it weren't for an anime episode. Um, by the way, it's a great episode. I know nothing about anime, and Wade and Gunner know quite a bit. So they really, um, they really explain. Um, uh, kind of the dip. Well, anyway, listen to the episode. But I was at Think Geek and I saw a One Punch Man shirt. I'm like, holy shit, it's fucking One Punch Man. I only saw like 10 seconds, like maybe a minute of, of an episode. And I did like it. It was pretty cool. The, the small amount that I've watched. I'm like, yeah, I could probably get into this. But you can put on a One Punch Man shirt. You could, you could cycle our little village 10 times. Nobody would know what the fuck that shirt is. Probably, yeah. But on the internet, you will immediately find 10 people that recognize Yeah, you can find, yeah, you can essentially connect with, yeah. That's like the beautiful thing about the internet. I think it is the, the beautiful thing And the about terrible the thing. But what's, what to me is, is even crazier is that, you know, these, these like subgenres, you know, like, like the adult males that like my little pony friendship is magic. There may be a market that's 10 times the size of, 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 of what it is because all these people are closeted and they can't get over their insecurities and actually bring themselves to the conventions. They can't bring themselves to buying right, it because, af- they're afraid. because they're afraid, they're afraid of what their daughter happen. is going to say, Daddy, why do you keep buying my little ponies for yourself? You know, They just can't handle the, inse- the insecure feelings, um, the public perception. Yeah. Well, that being said, we have actually run over a little bit, two hours, but uh, that's going to be our show for today. Thank you, everybody, for uh, giving us a listen, and uh, be sure to give us a like on Facebook. 
Um, any suggestions for further topics? We'll definitely take them. Oh, in Discord. And yep, we are on uh, Discord now as well. Um, Is that just for us? It was just for me, you, and Gunner. Yeah. Okay, it's a secret Discord. Forget that part. But if you can find me on Discord, I'll I'll let you come in. <laughs> come to my window. I'll definitely let you in. I'll be home soon. I'm still learning on Discord. But anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Bye.